What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the You Know Ball Podcast. I am your host, Trill Bro, dude. Before we get into celebrating Paul Reed being back on the Philadelphia 76ers, taking the victory tour on that, I want to talk to you about our sponsors from Underdog Fantasy, the newest and best place to play fantasy sports and win big prizes. Use the promo code SLOP, that's S-L-O-P, to get a $100 deposit match today. And if you go on Underdog right now, I did one on here a few days ago, posted it on Twitter, and of course uh, I missed. But I went lower on Brandon Miller's points, which hit, and I went higher on our guy Brandon Podcast points, and it sadly did not hit. He had a great game, but he did not hit higher on his points. So if you go on here right now, they have Sixers Summer League stuff on here. So I'm going to go on our guy, Turkavian Smith. On Turk's points, we're going to go higher for this game against Dallas tonight at 8 p.m. And then also you can go down to Indiana, who for some reason is still playing Benedict Matherin, who was one of the best rookies in the NBA last year. And also Andrew Nemhard, who's one of the best rookies in the NBA last year. So I'm going to go higher on Andrew Nemhard's points. If you go on underdog today, you throw – 20 bucks on that, you can win up to $60 on that ticket. So higher on Turkavian Smith's points, higher on Andrew Nemhard's points, and sign up for Underdog today using the promo code slot. If you have not already, it supports the program, keeps things going over here. So I had a very funny weekend. <laughs> you met me at a, it's a, it's a, you like uh, the end of uh, Fight Club when all the buildings are exploding behind him. And you met me at a very weird time. <laughs> I'm podcasting at a really weird Monday in my life. You, you, you met me at the same time that the Utah Jazz happened to offer <laughs> our backup center 20. $3 million. And I thought for anyone who doesn't subscribe to the Unoball Patreon, you should. But if you don't, or if you were not available for my Saturday stream, I basically, uh, you know, had a conniption. I was freaking out. I thought that uh, what happened previously was, you know, last week I was obviously, I was complaining about the Sixers because I thought that them signing Mo Bamba and then Montrez Harrell was indicating that Paul Reed was no longer going to be on the team next year. I thought that the team was going to cheap out. I thought they weren't willing to match any offers that were put out there. And then the bastard, Danny Ainge, must must listen to the podcast because I said if I were another team, I would throw a bag at Paul Reed. I would make the Sixers prove that they're willing to go into the tax to keep him. And I would make uh, them prove that they're willing – they're so committed to this plan for quote-unquote cap space – next summer and then the thing that D- danny is such a bastard because <laughs> so first off a few things about this one i'm not even sure if this should be legal but did you see the post from the person that was like the utah jazz technically made money on this because they put the sixers into the tax and they're not a tax paying team Oh, that's funny. So yeah. technically, the non-tax-paying teams get revenue from the tax-paying teams via the league. So they, in in a in a roundabout way, the Sixers were probably going to go into the tax anyway. But they they are now pretty much further into the tax than they had originally <laughs> anticipated. Probably made the team a neat five hundred thousand uh, dollar like uh, bonus or something like that. Essentially. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah. At least a, a few, you know, 
probably upwards of $10,000 or whatever. It, it wasn't much, but it certainly brought at least a little bit of tax revenue coming into the Utah Jazz. And then the other thing, the, the real part that you knew that it was targeted mm-hmm. was the provision in the contract <laughs> that basically said in its sec- in the second and third year in order for this contract to be guaranteed, that team needs to win a playoff series, essentially. Yeah, yeah. So the Jazz yeah. are definitely not going to win a playoff series next year. Mm. And the Sixers can only win one playoff series. <laughs> Can't get past the second round, which is basically just twisting the knife. <laughs> it was like, you're not even the Celtics GM anymore, you bastard. You yeah. really have to keep... You already destroyed us on 2017 draft night. You just keep fucking twisting the knife over and over. He really is the bastard of my life. He, he is like the absolute like king bastard. He is the perfect like Republican, like, uh, <laughs> you know, Protestant, so Protestant, he's Mormon. So that's only that <laughs> one thing there. And like the Protestant, the, the, the Protestants to the Protestants. And then also he's just a business mindset, uh grand set guy. So, yeah, uh, you know, Trader hats Danny. off to all American Trader Danny. Uh, yeah, another uh, terrible, terrible thing to uh, targeting uh, poor Josh Harris, who I feel yeah. so bad for. Exactly, uh, he's yeah. just a nice guy. Um, who's you good. know that he's struggling financially right now because he yeah. just bought Washington Commanders, and you yeah. do this to him. Yeah. You do this to our guy, Josh Harris. This is so bad, and like. You know, the threat of having Daryl was well, before I do this joke. Paul Reed had an NFT uh, picture, right? I think he did. Yeah. Yeah, or, I maybe, I don't even know if Paul He's Reed a, knows what got, NFTs are. Paul, you, you risk taking one of uh, Daryl Morey's uh, fellow uh, crypto guys away from the team. So yeah. that, was, that was his only misstep, you know. Yeah. Daryl Morey, uh, he he has purchased so many apes. All his apes gone um, <laughs> now, and now he's just uh, he's stuck being the GM of the team. So uh, sorry to Daryl and his lion. What were the lion cryptos? I remember the apes, but what were the lion? Uh, I can't remember. I don't know that. Yeah. I only remember the digital apes. Yeah, it's the slurp juice. You you can slurp juice multiple apes. All my apes gone. Fuck! I fuck that was funny. Ugh. What a time! What a time! What a time! I don't know if you if you missed this, but Daryl went on to race Ricky Sanchez at one point and was like trying to pitch them on NFTs because they were like, "Daryl, what is this?" And like he basically abandoned it like halfway through, and because he kind of realized that they're stupid. I feel like like he is like you believe in like you know fungible things, right? And he's like, "Yeah, but it's just literally a picture, and like you're paying a lot of money for it." And yeah. he just completely bailed on it, like halfway through the pitch, because they were they were just making fun of him for how stupid NFTs are. <laughs> speculative. You, you don't understand. We we like we're out of markets. Like we need something else to speculate on. <laughs> I need more stupid people in here. So stop being smart and just bam. It it always uh, it always ends well when you speculate on things that have no value. Yeah. Um. It, I think it's just gross when like people just make those weird like gross american purchases of things they don't need anyway trails into reverie the new <laughs> jrpg from uh from uh, neon falcom has just come out i'll be sure to have a review for you guys later in the week as soon as troll goes to the bathroom but uh, that is what i'm doing with my life right now so well i can't really talk because i just 
I just bought a Mario game that I had already played on Wii U, and then they ported it to Switch. <laughs> yeah. Mar- Super Mario 3D World, and I hadn't played it in like three years, and I was like, you know what? I want to play that game. So I bought it uh, at Target the other day, and let's uh, go. I'm currently playing it for the second time in three years. So real, real gamer hours here for that's right. uh, for YKB. Right. Speaking yeah. of uh, gamers, uh, congratulations to Vball Paul though, who is officially up out the mud. Uh, he is he is out of the mud. Yep. He has signed. You know, it, it's funny because obviously. <laughs> I feel like Daryl must have been kind of scared for what would happen if they didn't match. I'm assuming yeah. he yeah. was in Josh Harris's office with him pleading, please, Josh. My my house is on Google Maps. We can't do this. We cannot do this right now. I it, it was like it was like the it was like if if we had gotten a heads up on the Marcus Smart thing, well, like mm-hmm. if the Marcus Smart trade was like yeah. a qualifying off, like but you also Marcus Smart was pressure. like the, but yeah. also if Marcus Smart was like the seventh best player on your team or but, like the eighth best player, but but it, but it's like it's kind of like a, 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 a it's like a, the yop of a fan base who mm-hmm. is, is like sick of being cheap and like yes. not putting a good team around. Joel Embiid because yes. you laid it out beautifully it's like there, there's literally no reason to not do this besides being cheap like that is the only reason to not yeah. do this and so, there was there were a few people arguing like well you shouldn't pay a backup center that much and I'm like okay it's not that much first so off. first off yeah five five point nine percent of the cap this year yes the cap goes up again next year so it will be even less of a percentage of the cap next year mm-hmm. and then on top of that I went and I did the math. It's literally with the new spike in veterans minimums on this new deal that they just signed for the CBA, it's two and a half veterans minimums. So the idea that you were like going to be able to replenish this position with a veterans minimum guy, like that wasn't going to happen. It's only to save tax dollars because you really have no way to replace the production that Paul Reed was going to bring you. And uh, do we actually get some real slop here? No. I don't think okay, so. no. Oh, God, Woj. Woj is... Doing Woj coach hirings. Good. I don't care about that. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, I apologize for that. But uh, mm-hmm. the so so basically, the, the you would not have been able to replace Paul Reed unless you think Mo Bamba's, you know, just as good as Paul Reed. I think Paul Reed's better than Mo Bamba. I think that yeah. this was essentially... Uh, you know, the team's way of solidifying the backup position behind Joel, something that we've been chasing forever. I literally had someone tweet at me and be like, oh, so you're telling me that the difference between the Sixers winning a title or not is Paul Reed? And I'm like, Maybe. I was like, if Joel Embiid had this version of Paul Reed as his backup in the other years when Joel Embiid, was, we were dominating during the Joel Embiid minutes in the playoffs, this yeah. was the first time in the playoffs, like, ever – we have won the backup center minutes. And, yeah. and Paul Reed had a plus five net rating in the playoffs. Now, you know, some of that is like weird wonky stuff that can happen. And But like he started for a, a game in the Celtic series that we won. He was, uh, you know, as the year went on, he got better. I've talked about this time and time again. There were four players in the NBA last year that got to the rim eight times per 100 possessions and the other three guys that shot at least 70% at the rim were Zion, Giannis, Clint Capella, and then the fourth one was Paul Reed. So, like, 
The idea that there isn't any more upside in Paul Reed, I just don't agree with that. Even though he is a little bit older, he's like 24 now, I think that he could continue to get better. I think that with a new coach, hopefully he will continue to progress. And, and solidifying those minutes when you not it's not just a backup center you're playing paying for here. Because we know Joel is going to miss at least two playoff games every single year. That's the thing. Is it's like you're talking about a guy who's like traditionally, a, um, it has been injured as a history of injuries, and b, his defining thing is like in the playoffs he gets fucking gassed. Yeah. So having a guy who can give him a break without the wheels totally fucking coming off is actually really fucking important to the Sixers. Exactly. Yeah. And. and- and more importantly, like, I, I don't think that he has to just be a five. Now, the one thing that I will say is that, like, there are some Sixers fans that go a little far with it that were like, he should start at the four over P.J. Tucker or Tobias Harris. And I'm like, uh, there really aren't any fours left in the NBA who don't shoot threes. Like, it's like, yeah. like the fours left in the NBA that are starting fours. They all John can space Collins, the who has like no trade value. <laughs> John Collins, who has no trade value, and at least at one point was a 38, 40% three point shooter. Yeah. And then the other guy, the only comp that we could come up with on Twitter the other day when we were discussing this was Jared Vanderbilt. And Jared Vanderbilt is a better Mobile. perimeter defender. Mobile. And he can play, you know, he, he's kind of similar to Paul Reed in that he can play the four or the five in some small ball lineups. Um, but but I actually think that the, the 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 lane to playing Paul Reed in these four or five lineups is probably more so with Mo Bamba or yeah. with PJ Tucker at the four. Yeah, and then you can play Paul Paul at the five. Like I think having a spacing five like Mo Bamba will allow you to play Paul Paul Reed more at the four. One of the things that Bamba really struggles with is defensive rebounding. Reed is one of the best rebounders in the NBA. He's got crazy steal and block rates. If he could ever even just cut down on his fouls, cut his foul rate in half, he's he's going to give you 15 minutes of competent backup center play in the regular season, possibly be a spot starter when you need in the regular season. And then also there are there is potential for him not only to play the four sometimes with Joel at the five, which is you know not something you want to do a lot, but playing him at the four alongside – PJ Tucker as a small ball five or with uh, Mo Bamba as a spacing five. So like, I think that it's going to give them lineup versatility, to be honest. I think that Reed is, uh, you know, he's still young enough that he might be able to reach another level as an offensive player. I think defensively, he just needs to cut down on the fouls. And I think that like, once again, it would have only been saving ownership money. There's really no way to ensure that you can have solid backup center play with veterans minimums like the large majority of backup centers are veterans minimums i get that and that it's like largely replaceable but the large majority of teams don't have their best player as a center who gets injured a lot so it's an insurance policy it's something that kind of will work for the regular season and for the playoffs and worst case scenario the if everything goes off the rails and paul reed regresses and he's not as good next year that probably means the Sixers aren't going to be in a great spot and it means they might lose in the first round of the playoffs in the Eastern Conference and if that's the case then the contract isn't guaranteed because of this thing that Danny Ainge put in there so all things considered 
I'm glad they brought him back. I, I'm, I'm, I think it makes all the other moves totally fine. Like, I think it makes the Bomba signing look better because now Bomba's going to be uh, either uh, play with Paul Reed or he's going to be the uh, the emergency center, the third string center, the guy that isn't relied on night to night. And then he could be the backup on nights that Joel takes breaks. And it makes everyone better. And and now you never have to play Montrez Harrell, which is like I forgot they signed Montrez too, like because that happened like while I was like in the middle of mowing the lawn, and I was like very hot, and I kind of thought I like hallucinated that. Like that wouldn't make any sense. He he, he opted out of his player. Why would he come back? Why would he resign with the Sixers after that? So from what I've heard, the way that they justified that was that he. He opted out to see if there were any other offers on the market, and I think we all know how that went. We literally, when he yeah. opted out, we're like, "Is he going to go to the Euro League? Like, why is he up? Like, he's not an NBA player anymore, really. Like, yeah, outside of garbage time and maybe once again emergency situations. Like, okay, Paul Reed and Joel Embiid are both hurt, or Paul Reed's in foul trouble and Joel Embiid is hurt. Like, maybe in those situations you can get away with paying Montrezl Harrell for a five minute stretch." But in most situations, he's not playable. From what I've been explained to, it apparently it gave Montrez more money because he signed a two-year deal with the Sixers before this new CBA when the vet minimum got jumped, when the vet minimum got higher. So it jumped up a little bit. And the cap hit was, for some reason, was a million dollars less for him signing this one-year vet minimum, vet minimum, as opposed to him opting into that second year of the vet minimum, I, I think it's because the league to like balance out vet minimums and the money going up with expirings, the league will subsidize veteran minimums to so like make them. Yeah, so like I think I think after a second year deal, you're no longer technically on the veterans minimum once you go to that second year. So yeah. I, like I think it's more money than that. So like the league is no longer subsidizing because otherwise everyone would just sign like year three or year four players. Like no sure. one would ever sign like a, a year ten min guy unless they were like really really good. So because yeah. because it, it ends up being like four million dollars versus like two. You know, it's like a two million dollar difference. Like that makes sense for the same player. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. I was actually thinking like I was looking around the league like shit if they lose Paul Reed. Yeah. As many people have said they're like I'm sad that we don't get to see your rant. Uh, uh if they let Paul Reed walk, yeah. if you want to, if you want a preview of what my rant looked like, go to the Patreon. <laughs> The other day when I thought they were going to let him walk, I was freaking the fuck out. But that thankfully didn't happen. Troll was like law-abiding citizen over the weekend. I literally described it as Michael Douglas and falling down. <laughs> it just like goes into the fast food restaurant. I fucking pulls out the gun. I was like losing my mind, dude. <laughs> I've had it with this shit. I'm stuck in traffic. <laughs> But uh, oh, God. yeah, so today they had, the Sixers also announced they signed they officially signed Patrick Beverly and Mo Bamba and introduced them at a press conference once again. I like the I, there aren't many third centers in the NBA that are better than Mo Bamba. Second centers, I was like, shit, I'm worried they're gonna have to rely on him too much. Now you have a guy that you know for spot occasions, maybe maybe he has. I'm not optimistic. But maybe he has some some upside, like we've said. He's one of the few guys in the NBA that can protect the rim and shoot threes. But 
Just, he needs the KOC stink washed off him. He needs KOC to turn on him, and then and then he will make a leap. That's uh, a good point. He needs yeah. If if yeah. he would just drop the fandom of Mobamba, well, he. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that he spends his last two years with the Sixers before he goes to work for Bill at the Ringer, Mobamba. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> It, the, the KOC thing is kind of like the It Follows monster. <laughs> like, like if KOC endorses you, like Brandon Miller is at Summer League now, like shooting up a shot and turning around. And it just, the, the monster is like outside the gym peering in at it. The KOC endorsement monster. It bro- K- it, Killian Hayes is just I, dead. I was going to say, it, it broke Killian Hayes' hip. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're here. Oh, man. Oh. Yeah, but. Uh, I mean, I'm hoping that uh, we don't have to see too much of Mobamba, but if we do, maybe there is some, I don't know, maybe there's some uh, uh, untapped upside. So Paul Reed is back on the Sixers. Everything is everything is good, folks. It's fine. It, it very very much redeemed uh, the Sixers offseason for me because I was I was about to lose it. I also don't I don't think I mean <laughs> they can't be done. They still have two open roster spots. Um, they only technically have to fill 14 if they get super cheap like they did last year and just do the prorated vet minimum for the 15th spot, which I think, by the way, that should be taken out of the CBA if it didn't already in this new round. Mm-hmm. Why do they let teams take 14 players into the season and then sign a prorated vets minimum halfway through the year to save money? Like, they should remove that. Yeah, that needs to go away. I mean, I I get that, like that teams want to like be flexible to like <clears throat> make trades work and stuff and do two for ones and but like they never do it it's it's yeah. just a lie that's they literally sold this is the reason why they cut isaiah joe for flexibility and then they signed and then it turned into them signing fucking Dwayne deadman who was fucking washed and they just wanted to save money on the prorated vet minimum jesus i didn't realize that that like that wasn't even a like a that would, they carried 14 and they cut Isaiah Joe. Carried 14. They had 16 That's players and everyone assumed they were cutting Charles Bassey. And I was like, first off, I didn't even want them to cut Charles Bassey because I wanted them to not sign Montrez Harrell, which they then did. I literally, I printed all of this. When Montrez Harrell, I was like, we're going to sign Montrez Harrell and we're going to have to cut Bassey. They cut Bassey. And at the same time, they announced that they cut Isaiah Joe. And then when they their reasoning was... The same thing that I've been complaining about this whole offseason, which was like this idea of like flexibility, which is just always, almost always just owner bullshit. And like, like, like uh, executive speak for we're cutting corners wherever we can, essentially. I guess that's my thing is like, how much flexibility are you getting? Like, not like it's like a million (laughs) dollars. You know, like yeah, what, was, I, what was the idea? Were they like that? Close they were dodging the, the tax. Yeah, yeah, they were dodging. Okay. Last year they were dodging the tax, and that's why. So when they they did that, and then they dumped Matisse Thibel for Jalen McDaniels to get under the tax officially because they saved like three million dollars on that deal to to uh, get under the tax. Mm-hmm. And during that press conference, Daryl Morey said the reason we're doing this is to avoid the repeater tax for this year because if you do it multiple years in a row. It would have been three years in a row. I think they were paying the tax at that point. They would have had to pay into the repeater. And he said, if you want us to keep the team together, then we have to dodge the tax essentially. So this will help us keep the team together. So keep in mind, I'm thinking about that press conference when we're about to let Paul Reed walk for nothing. And we also are probably not going to extend James Harden, which 
tears the team down anyway. So like, once again, I'm, I'm losing my mind over here because I'm like, this is just a web of lies and bullshit, but then at least bringing back Paul Reed. And for now we still haven't heard anything about the James Harden thing, just his teammates in public begging him to come back. But that's kind of it right now. I, um, I wanted to get your feedback on the uh, the the Sixers and Daryl Morey like gaslighting everyone. Like what? Why were you guys? We were always gonna match this. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're 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 being crazy right now. We were never gonna do that. The social. All right. First off, yeah. I've, I I I want to put it on the record that I support the Sixers social media account. Whoever runs it, the social media manager. Solidarity with them because if the team should pay for your therapy. For the things that you have to see in the mentions and the quote tweets. And I I say this as someone who has a fairly popular Sixers Twitter account. It's hard to not internalize some of the negativity sometimes. <laughs> because people are so fucking negative and mean and annoying. And just like, sometimes you just have to log out. If, if that being their full-time job and them having like a million people that follow them. That, I hope, I know the team doesn't pay for your therapy because they're cheap as shit, but they should pay for your therapy because I saw some things in the response, replies and quote tweets to every post they did until they matched on Paul Reed. I will, I will say, though, you when you're, a, when you're a giant, like, gold check, formerly blue check account, you, you get a lot more, like, normies being like, awesome. Like, I hope, good luck, Paul. Like I guess it, I just it, don't it, see those. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We don't have that. We have, yeah. like, the feral... We have the hogs. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, as you say, the the feral beasts of uh, who are just so mad. Fuck yeah. you, you fucking asshole! Yeah. How dare you say that about Marcus Smart? He's dog shit. Christian Porzingis goaded. <laughs> I have. I literally have. Uh, I'm not exaggerating. If you reply to my tweets and I don't respond, it's don't take it personally. I mute every single tweet the second after I send it now, and then if I see a tweet it's because it comes up on my timeline. <laughs> it's because I'm literally like the amount of people that just yell at me all the time. I just, I can't deal with that. I can't imagine what it would be like having tens of thousands if, of people doing it. If I don't reply to your reply, it's very personal. I don't think it was <laughs> funny and I'm offended. Um, know that. You should delete your account. You and should your delete your account. This is a, it is a referendum on how I personally feel about you. Yes. So yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, uh yeah so i think that uh everything is it's looking up for the sixers uh i think one that, of us well they have they, they still have they still have to figure out this james harden situation which like i said patrick beverly and james joel and beat are begging him to come back uh i don't know if it's gonna work i don't think that james harden really cares in the same way that some other people might uh, i think that we know his history of situations when he's not engaged and he wants out of a team. Uh, we'll see how much longer this goes on. I would imagine the Damian Lillard domino has to fall before they even kind of talk about Harden trades because it seems like this is I, – I, I would call it the great sloppage of 2023, the stoppage that we've gotten on slop recently because of Damian Lillard and uh, you know him refusing to ask out and Joe Cronin having a press conference today and basically saying – yeah, sorry, we're not trading you to the Heat unless the offers are better. So that one's going to go on for a while, I'd imagine. I think that it's going to hold up most 
transactions. Um, yeah, I'm respecting. I'm respecting our soldier, Joe Cronin. <laughs> uh, Joe, Joe, you're doing God's work. Joe. You are the one. You are. You're him. You're him. You are him. Don't don't let don't let anyone tell you different. You're our last hope, Joe. Yeah, Joe. He's 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 like uh, he's like Leia slipping the disc in uh, R two D two. Pat Riley stomps down the adrenochrome hallways in his little <laughs> Vader outfit, and then takes a nap. Look <laughs> at trade deadline day. Yeah, very tired. <laughs> I know that's like not true. Like Heat fans get so mad. Like that wasn't true. That was an Onion article. And it's like yeah, yeah, but it's in funny. my soul though. Yeah, in my soul, it's true. It's funny. So yeah. sorry. Exactly. It's real to me now. Sorry. I did. Why did? Why does it being true have to do with me claiming it's true? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I want it to be true, it. so therefore it is. Yep. So let's talk about a few moves that are probably being held up due to this sloppage of 2023, uh, including your Boston Celtics. Jalen Brown has still not said – it's weird because two weeks ago when we did our stream for free agency kickoff, you were like, it's kind of weird they haven't even announced anything about the Jalen Brown extension. Yeah. And everyone was like, no, nah, it's not that big a deal. It's not going to – it will take time, whatever. Well, we're here 11 days later, and nothing has happened. So, <sighs> Sam, how do you feel? What's going on? I just – I don't know. I I mean, so here's here's some here's some things that are objectively true, okay? Because the, the, the company line right now, the reporting from Jared Weiss and Adam Himmelsbach and – these are stories that are coming out within, by the way, within like an hour or two of each other. So coincidence. Uh, yeah, coincidence. Um, those are those are saying, okay, like they're like negotiating this stuff. Everyone's like very confident this stuff's gonna get done. They're negotiating about uh, you know, uh, no trade clause, player options, some of this other stuff. So a couple of things with that. One, um, there is no such thing as negotiating as an, for a no trade clause right now in Jalen Brown's contract. He could if he expi- if this contract expired and then he signed a new one, he sure. could get a no trade clause. But as of right now, no, he cannot extend and get a no trade clause. He also hasn't no. even been in the league long enough. You need to be in the league for eight or nine eight, years. Eight years, yeah. Yeah. So and that's what I, that's so that's why is it we yeah. need to be through this next you know yes. one. So um so here are things. Here's what can be negotiated. Um, year one salary between thirty and thirty-five percent of the cap. Thirty-five percent of the cap being that supermax. Remember, um, and the annual salary changes, which can go up up by eight percent or down by eight percent on year to year. That's the increasing and decreasing scale. Uh, the final year option, you know, player, team, or just a straight deal. Um, there's some like incentives, and then you know the trade bonuses. Usually, that fifteen percent trade kicker is usually what like the big guys get. So, um, there's no contract length. It's five years. That's the thing with this extension. It's got to be five years, and there's no no trade clause. So, in order to, like, indulge this, you have to believe that the Boston Celtics, who had Jalen Brown right there with them this entire time, and Jalen Brown never – like, no one did any anything whatsoever because that's illegal. No one is ever talking to – why would you talk to your second best player on the team? That would be that's illegal. That goes against the um, you know collective bargaining agreement. Um, no, do it. Yeah, and also it's like you can't you know you can't uh, now everyone's saying like you can't sign this stuff right now. Like why why would you sign that? 
You know what they do do, though, is they announce that they agreed to it. Oh. And it's very fucking weird that it hasn't been announced that it's been agreed to. Like, some of that stuff that I just listed off does get negotiated. A lot of that stuff for a, cal- a player of Jalen Brown's caliber does not get negotiated. It is going to be a plus 8% every year it is going to be the final year option is probably going to be a player option unless you do a really good job um but you know usually the players get what they want like even if they're just an all nba guy um and like so what you're what's really you're left negotiating is how much money his year one thing is and the incentives and i'm i'm sorry unless jalen brown has a real fucking problem with the amount of money that you're offering him it would be done by now and it's not done right now so that tells me you're not offering him the amount of money that he wants and that you're not super maxing him straight up like i I do not think if this gets signed you know and you know i'm not saying it won't get done but like something like tenuous is happening you know this is not a smooth negotiation that's going on behind the scenes like Something that there's, oh, they're quibbling over this and that. There's like real, it would be done by now if there were just minor quibbling things. Yeah. There, there is a legitimate barrier somewhere in there. Um, well, about- we talked about this off the air and it's basically like the modern NBA players get their money and then they, if they want to go somewhere else, they just ask out later. Like that's how these yeah. things work now because they know that in order to maximize their dollars, which by the way, Jalen Brown didn't even get a max contract last time around. Yeah. And even at the time of signing that contract was kind of people were making fun of it because of the fact that Jalen hadn't really popped to the level yeah. that, uh, you know, people thought that he did to get that level of contract. It, it kind of went like the DeAndre Hunter contract when that got like, yeah, exactly. It was like and, a pretty and similar deal. Like Jalen like, obviously outplayed yeah. that contract. Yes. Uh, and now wants to make the most amount of money he possibly can, which he absolutely should. Yeah. And, like you said, he's trying to maximize his, his money. And it's not to say that this contract isn't going to be signed, but there's clearly some level of disagreement on what whether it should be that 30% or that 35% number. And if there is some sort of compromise that they're coming to, I think that that is something that happens in these negotiations, uh, negotiations a lot. A similar one was, do you remember the Rudy Gobert contract a few years ago where Rudy got a quote-unquote supermax, but it wasn't really the full supermax in the same way that, like, Nikola Jokic got. Mm-hmm. Where it's the most amount of money you could possibly give him, plus if he makes X, Y, and Z, which obviously he did and hit on all of his stuff, he makes the most amount of money possible. So but the reason I say this is because I think that it's possible that you come out of these contract negotiations and everyone's like, it's all good, no worries, Everything's chill. Don't have to worry about anything. And after Jalen didn't really get paid the first time, which by the way, I do think in retrospect, it ended up being a good contract, but at the time it wasn't. So it's not like the Celtics really ripped him off. Yeah. Um, He wasn't getting ripped off. Like the first time around. But but he didn't get the full amount of money he possibly could. That's true. That's also true. He's not getting maxed. Yeah. And then Kevin Durant conversation happens last year. And Bill at least talks about it enough on his podcast that I think that there there might be some truth to the fact that he's like, 
we just made the finals, why am I in trade conversations kind of thing, even if it is yeah. for Kevin Durant. I, I believe that that's true that like Jalen was upset, but I, I do take umbrage with Bill's claim that like they should have come out and said that they weren't going to yeah. trade him. It's like, no, that has no fucking effect. You're, yeah. you're agent brained again. No one cares what agents or their yeah. front offices yeah. say. They lie. Yeah. You should them. only come out and say, we're definitely going to match any contract on our backup center because that's the <laughs> normal thing to do. Um, uh, but the reason I say this is because, um, is because Jalen. Basically, what I'm trying to say here is that it could get to a level where it's a snowball effect of he feels like he's being disrespected and undervalued yes. by the organization, yes. and that even if he signs this extension one year from now, he could feel differently. Is my whole point on this? Well, I guess just the Celtics seem to be trying to hit the absolute worst case scenario where you re-sign Jalen Brown to a number where his trade value goes down. Um, sure. And then you piss him off bad enough that you have to trade him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is what I'm like worried. They That's what I'm like really worried about. I mean, once Marcus Smart went out the door, I, you know, my little heart ripped in half and I was like, all right, fuck it. I mean, I guess, you know, uh, Yankee mode, let's go basketball Yankees. Like, let's just do whatever to fuck the fuck to win, you know? So yes. like, that's how I felt about yeah. the Paul Reed thing too, where I was like, yeah. we now have three players. If, if Paul Reed walked, we would have two players that we drafted on our team, Tyrese Maxey and Joel Embiid. Yeah. Like you need to have guys that you drafted and you watched come up. To, in order to enjoy it sometimes. Yeah, like, I, and I, I just, like, all right, I mean, like, fuck it. If I have to, like, root for Kristaps Porzingis, like, yeah, sure, trade Jalen for Dame. Who fucking cares, like, at that yeah. point? Like, so, like, you, you've already traded smart. Like, they're the, the like, ennui, or not the ennui, the, like, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, the catharsis that comes with that is, like, is out the window. They're fucking thrown in the mud at this point anyway, so who cares? Um, But, uh, I don't know. I just, it seems like the Celtics are just doing fucking like everything wrong. And it's just like, they keep saying like, Oh, like we're, we're trying to like, you know, this all depends on like the moves and like this Grant Williams trade getting final. Why the fuck would that have anything to do with it? You know, it's not an order what? of operations thing yeah. here. It's there not like nothing to do. Like you're just tricking like yeah. some of the, the more illiterate fans like with that. Yeah. Like, and that's what, that's what's like really setting my alarm bells off is how out of the way like the front office is going to like leak. Like it, it's fine. Don't look at me. It's fine. <laughs> like nothing is going like, I think something is going on. Like it, again, it could three hours from now, they could be signed. Jalen could come out and say, I love this. I love being a Boston Celtic for life. That's awesome. I'm still going to be very alarmed going into the season because I know something happened in these negotiations. Maybe it doesn't matter, but I, something acrimonious is, is going on or this thing would be signed by now. So, yeah, I mean, maybe I would just be a bad GM, but like, I do believe that like some of the stuff that has come out with the Sixers recently, that's really pissed me off where I'm like, I just think that you are, you're almost always better off taking care of your guys that, you know, you want to have around yes. because like, I don't think the organization wants to trade Jalen Brown or in the Sixers case, Tyrese Maxey, unless they're getting back a top. 12 guy or whoever it right. is. And mm -hmm. in that situation, okay, I can understand, you know, you're going for a championship, blah, blah, blah. But the odds of you actually nailing that kind of trade are pretty low, generally speaking, even if you're open to it. And especially yeah. now, like if Jalen even hit the, like, let's say these co negotiations completely fell apart and Jalen came out and was like, Hey, I want to trade actually. Well, 
pretty much everyone's already kind of made their moves. Like Houston's somewhat off the table now. Like I don't really think that's a realistic spot. By the way, did you hear Bill talk about on his podcast today? Jabari. Well, okay, so I heard the Jabari stuff. I didn't yeah, get all that. I, tweet, tweet, I, t- I tweeted this, but it was yeah. basically like he was talking about like, you know, we know, me and you, Rosilla, we know we shouldn't overreact to Summer League. But then he was like, you know, like one of the most realistic trade possibilities could have been Jalen Brown for Jabari Smith in the fourth pick. And I'm like, Which, by the way, I would have, I would have committed Harry Carey on the spot if that trade were announced. Yeah. Like I would have kneeled down wherever I was, taken the knife out, <laughs> one across, one diagonal, one across again, and bled out right there. Because that, that I can't do another 10-year rebuild, and that's what we're signing. Anyway. Yeah, um, and, and I just want to point out that we both even said, like, if Scoot's involved. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Because we sure. think that Scoot's probably going to be within two, three years good enough. Like, even if you like Amir Thompson a lot, uh, or Amir, uh, Amen Thompson a lot, you're it's probably going to be a process with him. I think it's probably good he goes to a team like the Rockets where expectations for him are a little bit lower. He could be a backup point guard to start. And Jabari, yes, he's dominating summer league. And like, honestly, that's a a great thing. If you're a Rockets fan, you want to see that. Cause I was, I'm about as big as a Jabari skeptic as you can get. And Jabari was so bad in the first half of that summer league game that I was like, Oh my God, is this guy just a bus? Like, is he just not a guy and of course you're overreacting to you know whatever, but like usually when you have second year guys come back to summer league, you want to see them dominate. And then for the last six quarters, he was at summer league before they pulled him. He was the best player in summer league, so that was encouraging for sure. But also just think about it like this: if you put Jalen Brown in summer league, he would look like Michael fucking Jordan. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, no, come, yeah. like even with Jalen's shortcomings, yeah. like he would be averaging eighty a game. Like, yeah. like this is this is where this is where I I think that like I I as I said, we were open to these these ideas behind like a scoot trade package or like um. Uh, some other ones we talked about that might have been more reasonable, whether you're swinging for a better star like Dame or whoever. Okay, I understand that. But, like, the fourth pick of Jabari Smith for for Jalen Brown, when you're in the Celtics position right now, would be a nightmare. Yeah, it's just, that's, like, just insane. It, it's just – Celtics fans are some of – again, I, I, I really owe a debt to the YKB listeners for opening my eyes to the uh, plague that – because I'm too close. I can't see it all the time. <laughs> Celtics fans are the biggest fucking babies in the entire world. It's, ah, no, it's too hard to what this this team is 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 cursed because they only make the conference finals every fucking year and get to Game Seven. Like, shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! Shut the fuck up! And it just gives me an equal and opposite psychosis where I'm just like I'm going insane that we're like semi detonating our team that always fucking is within a stone's throw of winning the East because it's, I I don't know. It's kind of annoying that Steph Curry, one of the greatest players of all time beat us. Like, and and went fucking uh, super, super cyan. Yeah. Cyan. Yeah. There we go. (laughs) Let's go. Um, But no, I I actually, I, I had this conversation with Rob Flom uh, who we've had on some pods and streams who covers the Clippers and we were talking about it the other night, and I was like, would you rather be a Celtic? Because I talked about it like from like the Eagles perspective, because the Celtics mm-hmm. are kind of in that mid-2000s Eagles 
Yeah, that's a good comp. Period yeah. right now the where McNabb, like they, the McNabb Eagles. Yeah, yeah they made it to yeah. the NFC Championship game four times. Yeah. They made it to the Super Bowl. They never won anything. But I still, even with, and it's easier for me to say this now because they won the Super Bowl in 2018. But even with all of that, it was an awesome 10 years to be a fan. Like, yeah. Like I, I was, I'm like, my dad would talk about the Eagles like they were the fucking Detroit Lions. Like when yeah, he was growing right. up, they were just not as good as they were when I was growing up. So like I got to see them do this. And the reason I bring this up is because I was like, would you rather have been the Celtics over the last decade who make it to five conference finals, the NBA finals once they're in the playoffs almost every single year post KG and whatever trade you're, you're always competitive. You're always good. Or would you rather be the Lakers before this year when they made it back to the conference finals where the Lakers are bad pretty much every year, except for the one year they make the finals and they win it. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of think I'd rather have that decade. Like it's, Mm -hmm. It's, I guess it would be different as a Sixers fan because we've never won since, like, the 80s. But, mm-hmm. like, if you're a Lakers fan, what what does that title even mean to you? Like, yeah, like if like, you're a Lakers fan, like, you have, like, fucking 100. Like, and they win every 10 years or so. So, like, I don't know. My my thing was, like, the, the sustained success thing, if you're making it to conference finals and finals, is a little bit underrated even if you never win a title was my whole thing here. Yeah, yeah. Like, it... It, it it just it doesn't it doesn't matter i just i i feel like i'm going insane because like i feel like i feel like i i've like been on the corner as like the most positive celtics fan for like five years yeah and and, and i'm just like the smart oh, trade broke you overnight everyone's treating me like i'm like an insane person <laughs> it's like i don't well, you are. i just don't i am but but i'm <laughs> i'm more i'm more sane than the rest of them though <laughs> on the on the spectrum you see so the uh, whole thing i'm an informed insane person yes okay? exactly I, t- tell me where i've been wrong i i've uh, i i've i've had the pulse of this team Better than I, I said that they were going to turn it around that one year correctly. I said that they were going to fucking blow the 3 0 lead, come back and then blow game seven against the Heat. It's true. You yeah. even said going into the playoffs this yeah. year, you even said during the Sixers series, you're like, I, I don't feel good. Like, like yeah. in a way that you're usually pretty honest about, like, yeah, we're going to, I think yeah. we're just going to win, like, easily. Yeah. I'm not afraid to. I'm not afraid to be a shithead and like get egg on my face. That's why I'm like I'm out here saying the Dame thing with the Heat. If they keep Tyler Hero, it's going to be a, a nightmare well, for them. Well, yeah. also I I want to point out that, that could backfire horribly, but I'm I'm sticking to it. So of course, yeah. yeah. And and yeah. people people have said like, oh, you shouldn't overreact to summer league. You shouldn't be reactionary when it comes game to game, week to week, right. month to month in the NBA. And then I'm like. This wouldn't be fun if we weren't. I'm yeah, sorry. Right. Yeah. I'm you sorry. want me to yeah. be measured for everything? Go listen yeah. to a fucking athletic podcast or something. Yeah. Like this is just not this is I like overreacting to things because it's fun to overreact yeah. to things. Like oh. it, it is it is more fun when you have uh, insane opinions that are fucking off the wall. Yeah. But yeah, uh, exactly. Yes. I like now I'm now I'm I'm so down bad that like the the Tyus Jones Malcolm Brogdon trade is gonna feel like Banner eighteen to me. Like I'm just gonna be like, <laughs> yes, yes. F- someone will pass the ball on that this is, team. Let's I mean, go. Chiodo's Chiodo's uh, 
anti 9-11 will be the Tobias for Buddy Heald trade or whatever happens. <laughs> the undoing, it's like 9-11 happening in reverse. <laughs> the towers are All like, the people coming down. All the people. Jesus Christ, maybe I have to cut that one too. That <laughs> <laughs> one's probably a little too... Uh... <laughs> especially, for, especially for a non-Patreon. No, Oopsie, no, we're, letting it, uh, we're, we're letting it fly. Uh, Forty-nine twenty-seven. Everyone remember. <laughs> oh um, God! Anyway, no, that, that one's flying. Uh, <laughs> let's move on from the Sixers and Celtics talk to talk about something that will probably never happen. Let's go. So I, I only have to bring this up. So. I, I know this is – I'm breaking my own rules in these last two weeks talking about Raptor slot way too often. But the only reason that I'm giving validity to this is because the people who are reporting it – I, I was Charlie Brown with the football before. But do, dropping dimes tweeting this is a whole new level to me. Because, mm-hmm. by the way, if you if you follow – if you follow um, – you know, dropping dimes on Twitter. Make sure it's dropping dimes 20 and not dropping dimes 50 or 29 or whatever. There are many fake accounts. There's one real account and he deactivates every time after he tweets. And today he popped up and dropped a piece of slot for the first time in, in really like a week at this point. Like he hasn't really, he's just been posting like weird stuff about like peach jam and like, up and coming like high school prospects for some reason. Uh, so we all know why. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we do. Well, um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. uh, but um, but today he tweeted and he he said something along the lines of Pascal Siakam. Uh, I hope you like the city where Migos or where Quavo and Lil Baby are from or something like that, which. Mm-hmm. Is honestly hinting at, at uh, is obviously hinting at Siakam ending up on the Hawks. So, I, I just the more I think about this, the more I'm just like, I just kind of hate this for the Hawks. Like, yeah. what is the point? Like, I, I, it's like you're trying to get the most talent possible and still have underwhelming results. Like the fit of Siakam, yeah. Trey, and Dejounte is just like. If you just gave, if you just had one of, and I would really, if you just had Trey and Siakam, you didn't extend Dejounte. I think I would like this a little bit more. Just like okay, like that's something, but like adding all of the like, just like the weird spacing and like how much those guys generally need the ball to like succeed. And like, yeah, Siakam's going to help you on the defensive end, but like, what are you giving up to get him? Yeah. Like, I just I don't like it for Atlanta at all. Yeah. No. Pascal Siakam, like, part of the reason he's, like, not traded right now is, one, Masai is a sicko. Um, But, two, like, he's also, like, quietly doesn't have, like, a super great fit in a lot of places. Which is why he was, like, linked to Phoenix so much because they're, like, one of the few teams that just has an ungodly amount of, like, shooters and guys who are, like... And Portland before Dame ass out because it was just, like, sure, why not? Exactly. And, And, like, the, you know, all these other teams, it's, like... Like, like, where could Pascal, like, he could probably go to, like, Brooklyn, um, but just because they sure. don't have, like, you know, uh, any other, like, things. Um, I think he would work on the Warriors, but but not yeah. with Draymond. <laughs> like, yeah. The, the yeah. thing is, like, he would be good for the Warriors because he would help a lot defensively, and mm-hmm. offensively, they don't need spacers at all positions, but, like, 
the Draymond Siakam fit would be a little clunky. Yeah. I mean, if they could somehow trade Gobert for him, that would be ideal for the Wolves. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah, but yeah. the Raptors would never do that. The Raptors would never do that. Yeah. However, Gobert, big standing reach. So, yeah, something to think about. Yeah, They have been interested in him before. Yep. They might, be, to... they might be losing a little bit of their wingspan merchant ways, though, because they didn't. Even, they didn't. They weren't even interested in Mobamba this time around. Sicko. This is yeah. this is a real real crumbling empire stuff. <laughs> late late uh, instead of late capitalism, it's late uh, late late messiah uh, lengthism. Yeah, there lengthism. We go. Yeah, wingspanism. There we go. Wingspanism. There we go. Perfect. Um, yeah. I. I, I don't know. Like, I just don't think, I mean, like Atlanta, I mean, but the thing is that like, they've lost the, the light of God, uh, Travis Schlenk. So I can see yeah. why they would be you know interested in doing bad moves. Um, to, every bad move that Travis Schlenk did was because of ownership and every good one he did is because he's, he's perfect and beautiful. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's my new line of thinking. Um, I know Atlanta had uh, three to four very bad trades under Travis Schlenk. However, that was not his fault. So I have uh, I have an idea here, yeah, that I just cooked up in the trade machine, and okay. I discuss this. Keep in mind, pick you can negotiate picks, whatever. Siakam's value is going to be interesting because on draft night, Siakam they discussed my my thought behind this was that they probably had come to an agreement to make a trade for Siakam, or at least they were discussing a trade. To mm-hmm. Portland, uh, and Siakam through Chris Haynes came out and was like, he's not going to sign an extension. And if that's the case, then he has much less trade value. Yeah. Uh, but if he were to get traded to the Hawks and was open to a extension, that would shift the value a little bit more. And this is what I cooked up in the trade machine for Siakam. So it is, okay. they, they now have Patty Mills contract, which is for filler. They can also send Bogdan Bogdanovich, who just signed an extension, AJ Griffin, who they just drafted last year, and Aneka Kongwu. I didn't realize Bogdan Bogdanovich signed an extension. Good God. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to be like 40 when that thing is up. He's only 30, but yeah, his knees messed up, it sounds like. Wait. I, he's the, I thought he was like 32. I thought he was like way older than you think he is because he was like 28 when he came into the league or something like that. I think he's like 30 or 31. I don't think he's okay. that old. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll find I'll get to the bottom of this. He's he is 30. You're correct. Um, yeah. Born in 92, though. So I, I he's probably going to be turning He'll 31 this year. 31 soon. Course, yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's turning 30 in the next month, August 18th. So, so this trade is Bogdan. Aneke Kongwu. 31, yeah. Sorry. Patty Mills and AJ Griffin mm-hmm. for Pascal Siakam. And Atlanta doesn't have many picks left. I'm sure Masai would try to get some extra. Um, it, it, Hawks fans were theorizing that Hunter might be the one included in here instead of Bogdan because of the Raptors' obsession with wings and also due to the fact that Apparently Hunter like wiped everything from his Instagram account, which, you know, sometimes, sometimes means nothing, sometimes means everything. Um, but he apparently removed a bunch of stuff from his Instagram and had like what seemed like, like a coded like goodbye uh, post that he had posted on there. So he, you can swap in Bogdan or Hunter and this trade works. 
I only reason the only reason I included Bogdan and AJ Griffin as the prospects go or as the guys going back with a Kongu as like one of the main prospects is because the Raptors just need shooting. Uh, if they're going to build around Scotty Barnes and OJ OG Ananobi, which is what they want to do post Siakam, which it another report came out about that today, basically confirming that that. I think they're just going to need to maximize the shooting and Bogdan and AJ Griffin are going to give you a ton of shooting. Aneke Kagu doesn't, but he fits the mold of the kind of guy that Masai likes. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then Patty Mills just makes the money work. So this is kind of the outline of what a trade would look like. What do you think of this? I mean, yeah, I just think a Kongu is like, cause so, so you're, you're, you're starting five again is Capella Siakam, the two guards, uh, Young and uh, yeah, and then and then the third guy left is either going to be Hunter or like Bogdan. That's a boy. I really hate that (laughs) star. I really (laughs) hate that starting five, man. Like that's just like I. That's all guys who, besides Pascal, no one like does extra stuff. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're tripling down on what makes like the young and like Murray fit bad. Like who's like good at like, well, I guess Capella is good at set, like setting screens and yeah. like, mobs and stuff, but like rebounding outside of that, like who's, who's doing like all the, and you know, Pascal will do some of like the extra, like dirty stuff. Like, you know, like, um, you know, rebounding, you know, the, I, I honestly didn't mean that as like a rapper. <laughs> I, I, I was going about like a player in the face of the other team. Yeah. 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 Yeah, gouging um, out someone's eyeballs. Yeah, he, no, but he'll 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 do like he'll he'll scrap and he'll do all that stuff. He'll do his his spin move and do all the other stuff. So like, I think it's fine. Um, Brian um, put one in the chat that I didn't I didn't want to consider. Oh, right enough, enough with the fucking Brogdon trades, guys. It's enough, Rob, but it's Rob. Hold on, and picks. Rob Brogdon and picks for Siakam. Yeah. Yeah. It's just un- it's just unbelievable how often it's every episode we have to talk about Brogdon trades. Fine, fine. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll leave it alone. Fine, fine, fine. However, what if? Anyway, um, I, but this is the thing: is you like you look around the league and you're like trying to look for these other like teams that he like hypothetically fits on, and it's just it's tough, man. I mean, maybe what about like the the Cavs could trade like Jared Allen and stuff, I guess, but like sure. Like, what, Even what's the, the stuff, though? yeah, um, you know, like uh, the yeah. stuff, the sweeteners. They just don't have a lot of sweeteners. They have nothing cool. left. They can't even trade. Yeah, no, that doesn't work. the The Pacers were the one that has been floated out there, but they just drafted Jairus Walker. Like, I, I think they would just keep Jairus. Like, I, I don't see a trade there happening. That, that is probably one of the teams he would really work on. But with Jairus being like the seventh or unless they want to trade him, but I don't think they do. Like I, I, I just think that a lot of the Siakam destinations have dried up due to the fact that the Raptors held on to him for too long. And because he is a weird fit on a lot of teams. And now the teams that could potentially be making an all in move have already made their all in moves. Like they don't have picks left or they don't have prospects left. Like the reason why the Hawks are one of the teams is because the Hawks, the Hawks have kind of been primed for a consolidation trade for a while. But the problem is that that was the case when they had Kevin Herter and John Collins, who they basically got nothing back for. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. like it w- they would have been a great candidate a year ago to do a trade like this. We're like, Did me- they, like, like Gallinari walk too. 
or did they like dump they they trade well Gallinari was was the salary in the Dejounte trade, but that was nothing. I mean, that's he was just like filler. I mean, I I don't know what. But long story short, here is that they had the money at least to make those moves work, and they also had the picks at the time. And then they used it on Dejounte, and then they basically gave away Herder for free, and they gave away John Collins for free. And now, like, I think I just like if you're going to double down on this Trey Young Dejounte Murray thing, just see what you have for a little bit. Like, don't we, you're just pushing in all the chips to win 45 games and losing the play in again. <laughs> like, yeah. like maybe you'll get the five seed. Maybe you'll you'll make the playoffs and it will be worth it, and you'll lose in the first round to a better team. But like, mm-hmm. I just don't. I don't see this team going anywhere. Maybe I'm underrating how good the fit could be. I just I don't I don't like the fit at all. Can I can I give you another one? Sure. Just a one for one challenge trade. Yeah. Zach Levine for Pascal. I I mean I think that. I think the Bulls might be open to that. I don't think the Raptors would be. See, I, that's funny because I, I actually think kind of the opposite. I think like the, the Bulls would be more likely to say no. Zach Levine's like exactly what you want. Sure. Like, like so as a play I, finisher around your 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 other guys. Well, and and the guy who could shoot like a, a real yeah, guard ball a little bit. Yeah, yeah, like you know, like I just think that would make like a lot of sense for them. It let you know. Pascal's like a half year older, you know what I'm saying? Um, but his contract doesn't run as long. So, you know, you I think the Bulls are just, they it. just want to get a good player back for Zach and get off the contract, is my point here. Yeah. But I, I, I would like that trade more for the Raptors, but I don't think the Raptors would be willing to take on the contract, which they should be. Like, you're not doing yeah. anything anyway. <laughs> like, that's what I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're, I don't get these teams that are so anyway. resistant. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Think, I don't get teams who are so resistant to take on contracts when, like, you're not winning a title, dude. Like, the yeah. fuck do you care? Like, if you're trading Pascal Siakam, you already lost Fred Van Fleet and your whole core of your championship team is now gone. Yeah. Then you're done. Like, you don't have to worry about, like, taking back contracts and shit yeah if 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 the guy that houston is getting is like their second marquee free agent is dylan brooks yeah and that's like one of like the more i mean toronto is not like boston or like one of these other like or minnesota or some of these ones where like nba players really don't want to be but like it's like a it, it but it is like not a top tier like yeah. franchise like you had to go full rosillo mode the yeah. taxes are a lot there, and that's yeah. part of it too. Uh, and also, you have to live in another country, like which, yeah. like honestly, most players just don't want to live in Canada. Like most players just want to live; they're from America, they want to live in America. Like, that's, right. yeah, right. So I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that was like the only trade I could get to where I was like, this kind of makes some sense for both teams. I mean, for the Bulls, it's kind of you know shuffling deck chairs around, you know, sure. like you know. It, but, you know, I think he fits better with the Rosen than Zach does. So, um, you know, and Vooch, you know, like I, I, I think you could be a competent play-in team, um, you know. Yeah, and they're like the same tier of player where like they're right. like the lower end all-star that will, you know, Siakam mm-hmm. on, uh, is probably a little better overall. But Zach probably fits on more teams. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I just I, – I think it's going to – probably come down to him ending up on the Hawks. Uh, the only reason I say that is because the two teams that have been mentioned by Raptors reporters are 
the Hawks and the Pacers, and the Pacers don't make sense anymore. They just got Obi Toppin and they just got Jairus Walker. So, like, I think that they're going to want to see what they have in those guys before they make a trade. Like, the, before the draft, that would have made sense. Now, they wait. The Raptors once again waited too long. <laughs> like, all of this comes back to the Raptors waiting too long. They make these yeah. trades two weeks ago when you can see that Fred Van Fleet is leaving and you're not going to get him back. And even if you did, who cares? <laughs> like, yeah. Like that's that's where that's where I think that their indecision, their like indecisiveness about all of this, uh, really kind of sunk whatever chances they had of optimizing a Pascal Siakam return. I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm I'm doing my very best to make this work, uh, and I'm I'm struggling a little bit, but I think I've got it. You can no, pull it up if you want. I, I, I don't got it. I need a little more time. Uh, what are you trying to cook? I'm trying, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get um, – I think it's pretty close, though. How, how far off am I financially? Oh, 196K. Okay. Never mind. I, I'm, I'm close, close enough. It's Buddy Heald, Aaron Neesmith, and Jalen Smith and, like, some picks for Pascal Siakam. Yeah, I don't think the I don't think the Raptors would do that. I mean, the, yeah, yeah. I once again, Masai will just let a guy expire. He, yeah. he will not lose a deal to to for the sake of making a deal. Like he's just not going to do that. So yeah. like, I think that what I sent might look like a haul to people, but like that's what Masai is going to want back, and he'll just let Pascal Siakam expire a year from now, just like he did with Fred Van Fleet and Kyle Lowry and all these guys. <sighs> I think just going, uh, what I think this more points towards is why we have the fucking Raptors slop embargo on this goddamn show. <laughs> <laughs> like, that just, you're like, because he's probably going to say no to any like serious package, you know, like, unless yep. Landry Fields is just, um, I don't know, uh, has the, the last reformed barbed wire um, wrapped around himself. There's no way that like, that he's going to like make a trade that Masai is going to want. So, I mean, so is that, did I get that right? It's Landry Fields that makes basketball calls for them, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I think. It's Landry Field and it's definitely not Tony wrestler's son. Uh, um, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> the reason why I think if, if the Atlanta Hawks trade for Pascal Siakam, I think they're going to get fucking rinsed is because I think that Masai is going to drive a hard bargain. And I think that, Atlanta just salary dumped John Collins for basically nothing. They have nothing exciting to sell to their fans except for Kobe Bufkin, who's a nice player, but like I would not be super pumped if I went, if we, if we just, although I'm sure Hawks fans were over the John Collins experience, but like if we came out of the offseason like, Hey, we, we doubled down on the DeJounte and Trey thing by extending DeJounte and then we just drafted another guard in Kobe Bufkin. Awesome. And, uh, and that's it. Like, like, what I'm trying to say here is that I think that wrestlers fail some who now runs the team is probably going to make another reactionary kind of all in on mid move like this. And I think that Masai is going to fucking hold him over a barrel and he's going to get whatever he wants from him. And he's going to end up probably fleecing him for a guy that might not even want to end up being in Atlanta, but we'll see if that trade does happen. Mark my words, we're going to come out of it on the other side and be like, how the fuck did Atlanta do this? Just like we did last year with the DeJounte trade, but at least I understood with the DeJounte trade because DeJounte was on a good contract that I was like, okay, so they're just paying a little bit more because DeJounte only makes $14 million a year. 
But then they extended DeJounte, which everyone except for me thinks that's a great contract. I just don't think DeJounte Murray's that good. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, 30, don't get me wrong, 30 million for the caliber of player that DeJounte Murray is on paper is good. I think that having DeJounte Murray on your team limits what your ceiling is. I don't think he's a guy that fits on most, like, there's a reason why he's never been on a team that's won uh, a playoff series. Maybe one time, maybe his rookie year, but that's it. Like, he's just a weird fit when he's a ball-dominant guy that's just, like, as inefficient as he is. Yeah. Not to mention when you pair him with Trey Young. Like, that doesn't, like... Yeah. That's just that's just creating a whole bunch of other problems. But. It's not maximizing either guy, to be honest. Yeah. The Hawks are a bummer, man. They were so exciting like three years ago, and they just seem to have like picked wrong every fucking time they had a decision. It's well, tough. I disagree that they were exciting, but yes, um. <laughs> <laughs> they were actually evil. Um, actually, what they no, got I... rid of Ben Simmons. They got Ben Simmons off your team, so yeah. I mean, well, that that's probably when we should have known that Schlank was really desperate to save his job when he was interested in Ben Simmons. That's true. You were there, man. You saw it. What are you, yeah. what are you doing? Yeah. You broke this man. Yeah. Are you what, are you, what are you talking about? He still can't do five on five drills. It's 2023. Jesus. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you, any summer league thoughts, anything? Go- I don't have like a ton. I've watched, uh, like I said, I, it's good to see Jabari kind of bouncing back after his Wemby was disappointing in the first game. He looked really good in the second game. Uh, I I just, I don't think there's much to glean from this. Yeah. Like even when guys are bad, like I would love to be doing a Brandon Miller victory lap, but like Trey Young was awful in summer league. Franz Wagner was bad in summer league. Yeah. Like there's, there's like, I, I just don't think it like, matters you know it's kind of it's more just like a networking like excuse for sure everyone to like get together and kind of you know do it which is fine that's cool um shout out to many of our uh compatriots who go to uh summer league but i think i just don't think the basketball i don't think there's much to glean from that it's it's fun when you've got like an exciting guy i do not think jordan walsh is going to be a 50% 50% three-point shooter or whatever. Yeah, I mean, this Matisse Thibel thing where Matisse yeah. for the first month as a sixer shot 55% from three. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think I, I do not think that's actually gonna continue. So I, I don't know. I, I don't really have too much to think about. Uh Wemby looks cool. Uh Scoot, uh I am like Bill was taking his victory lap on Scoot. Bill, the only guy who believed in Scoot has <laughs> him and Rosillo. They yeah, look, it was them. him. Rosillo and five other people said, yeah. don't take Brandon Miller over Scoot. They yeah. were the only ones. It wasn't yeah. the consensus. The whole fan base wasn't melting down when it happened at their own arena, including their mascot. Yes. Let's kind of talk about like everyone like has there ever been a more everyone knows? Like everyone knows. It was so literally funny. Evan Mobley. It happens every other year at this point. Yeah. It was James Wiseman, then it was Evan Mobley, yeah, yeah, and one. now it's Scoot Henderson. Like these are the these are the guys that everyone said were the second best prospect in their class, or in Lamelo's case, arguably the best prospect in his class. Yeah, even Mobley had an argument, but like, yeah, pre-draft we knew that this was going to happen, and like, once again, I don't take too much from summer league, especially if you watch these Hornets games. That is, they have inherited the throne of Hooper anarchism from yeah. the Houston Rockets. It's just a mess. They don't have like 
They they have James Booknight trying to run their offense, and he's just like very clearly not an NBA player. Um, it's 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 really tough business. Like you got guys who you know are just not NBA players lighting it up as well, which happens every year in summer league where some guy comes in and drops. Like there was a guy, I can't even remember his name. Maybe someone in the comments could tell me, but there was a guard for the Blazers that I've never heard of. Yeah. And I follow this stuff pretty religiously and I've never heard of this man. And he had like 35 points last night against Wemby and the Spurs. So keep all of this in mind when these guys are struggling in the, the one thing I will say, and i not to do like, I don't, want to do like oh this guy's definitely going to be good but case and wallace is fit with okc you can already see yeah that's gonna work um mm-hmm. he there they run their summer league team very similarly to how they have their regular season team they just have a bunch of guys who can dribble shoot and pass oh. they run ball mo- the ball movement stuff they run a ton of actions like they're not just like the yeah. No structure, the, nothing. The opposite of the Bulls, the Chicago Bulls, and actually exactly, yeah. yeah. They run a ton of they run a ton of plays. They 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 always yeah. have the, you know this level of like connectedness, and it helps that they're also they also played Jalen Williams, both Jalen Williams early in summer league, and they played and Chet's been playing because he hasn't played basketball in like a year. Uh, but uh, Michael Devoe was his name. Thank you in the comments for that. Um. Michael DeVoe, never heard of him. He had like 35 points last night. So that, that kind of tells you what summer league's like. But Kaysen came in and the shot looks incredible, uh, even better than it did in college. He yeah. made like five threes in the first half of that game and uh, was predictably really good on defense. And uh, and then the our guy, Brandon Podcast, who has struggled to score a little bit, uh, which I think as a lead guard, I would expect that in – uh, he's not the most athletic dude in the world in terms of like creating separation and, but the passing and the reads that he makes and like the fact that he can shoot a little bit off movement, like he's just going to be such a good guy for that warrior system. Yeah. 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 Now he's, he's going to be, he's going to be awesome. I feel like I, I, I'm, I feel very good about tripling down on scoot over Miller and like really staking out that position as being anti Miller. Um, you know more like I, I, I you just did that unlike Miller. anyone else who was saying Miller over Scoot. Well, I said Miller was like the ninth best player in the class, which I you feel did? Like was a pretty yeah. unpopular opinion. So I had him at five at the end He'll, of the day. So he might, he might, you know, and you know what? Him being bad in the summer league does it again. Trey Young was really bad in summer league. I'm always gonna remember that because I was like, holy fuck, they, they traded Luca and this guy is like stinking it up in summer league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Also, his role is different than what it will be on the Charlotte Hornets, where like, yeah, like a guy like Casey Wallace is playing his regular season role with the OKC Thunder right now. Like yeah. he was spotting up mainly, working off the ball, being a connective piece. Like he was doing the things that you would expect from a, a high level role player and. Brandon Podjimski was trying to run an offense and like do the, the, the Warriors kind of do work similarly to their regular season team as well. But like when podcasts runs an offense, it can get a little bit, uh, it, it isn't, it isn't great in terms of the shots he's creating for himself, but he's also generating a ton of wide open looks for his teammates and making really quick, sharp reads uh, and things that you want to see from a guy who is coming into the league and, is going into a system that's really going to work on his strengths. Brandon Miller, uh, with the like, he's going to be working off of Lamelo, like, yeah, 
And, and I do want to talk a little bit, just Charlotte is such a fucking mess, dude. Yeah, really uh, not bad. only did they make the Miller over Scoot pick, which we both disagreed with, but also, like, the, the, the Miles Bridges thing is gross, which we've discussed. Yeah, He's taking the qualifying offer. And now there are reports that P.J. Washington might yeah. take the qualifying offer. I, I don't blame P.J. at all, by the way. Absolutely, yeah. brother. Get out of there. Like, yeah. why, why not? Like... They they have like the worst vibe. Do you have any idea how horrible vibes you have to have as a franchise to steamroll the the font of joy that is Terry Rozier and his good vibes? <laughs> Scary Terry is like one of the funniest, like most gregarious. Oh, I love Terry so much, and he's like got to play on this joyless team. I mean, he's getting a bag, so you know. Yeah, respect. he's doing it for obvious reasons, but yeah. Uh, I wish I wish Terry was free. I wish Terry had, was on like a team that actually mattered. I say that, and then like the monkey paw finger curls, and he's gonna end up on the fucking Heat. <laughs> oh God, he's he's in the Dame trade. If he went to the Heat, I think they might win the title. <laughs> That's my new thing. Well, the, Dame would hurt them, but they could get Rozier for nothing. <laughs> the Heat worked out one of the Sixers two way former two way guys, Lewis King, today. So and he's a big wing who can shoot. So I'm like, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no! They were gonna do it again. Uh, it's like that. It's like just hearing that uh, the Moby song from uh, Born Identity, like, wing, <laughs> wing. Oh god, fucking yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, Charlotte, uh, huge bummer, a mess, dude. Yeah, huge. Book Knight isn't an NBA player. They, they have, they have like. They have like three or four young guys that have some promise. Obviously, LaMelo just signed his max contract. By the way, I want to talk about this real quick because I heard Zach Lowe talk about how Zach Lowe talked about how Rosillo and Bill were saying, well, I would like to see uh, us get to the playoffs before we give you a max to LaMelo. Yep. And I'm like, oh, you want LaMelo to drag the Charlotte Hornets to the playoffs? First off, they got to the play in the two years he was healthy, and they're a fucking shit show, dude. Like they are, like they don't have any structure. They've had multiple coaches since he's been there. They run the organization like it's a fucking joke. They, hey, you want to know who didn't bring his team to the playoffs? Damian fucking Lillard. How about that? Like. Like that just makes no sense. Like, there are also plenty of guys that they like that got the max co- contract extension with never making the playoffs. Yeah, Deer and Fox did not make the playoffs. Got the max, and honestly, that looked bad at the time for for yeah. different reasons. And I really over, didn't like. That. And over time, it's turned out to be pretty good. And like yeah. I, the Kings would do that again. But like, yeah. my point is like they they didn't take any they didn't have anything to say about Desmond Bain making it. And like I like Desmond Bain a lot. But, like, Desmond Bain is not as good as LaMelo Ball if he's your number one guy. And LaMelo Ball is still 21 years old. He turns 22 in a few months. Like, still 21. He is came into the league and was pretty much instantly an all-star. Mm-hmm. And even if he's not going to be the best player on a championship team, or maybe even not even the best player on a contender or whatever, like, the Charlotte Hornets have no history of success. They have done basically everything wrong. And to say that you're not going to give the guy that, by the way, was the third youngest all-star in NBA history, 
You're not going to give him the max extension? Like, what What? What are you going to do? Trade him? Like, the yeah, fuck? Like, yeah. like uh, uh, it just drives me insane when they do this boomer shit. Like, well, it's it, it's crazy that, that uh, like, let's do some case studies. Like, uh, let's do LaMelo Ball versus Scotty Barnes and how those two guys are being treated right now. <laughs> like, one of them, uh, let, let me let me give you a hint. One of them, well, I would have no problem. The playoffs as a rookie, so I guess that's true. I guess, yeah, hey, I mean, what? he was you also the third best player on the team. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like he wasn't the guy. I, man, I all these teams we're talking about today like bum me the fuck out. Like, I really, <laughs> I don't like the Charlotte Hornets. I'm, I'm not gonna watch a minute of. Atlanta Hawks basketball that Celtics aren't playing in like all year. So whew, it's tough, man. It's really tough. Yeah. It's, it's honestly outside of the heat. It's a really depressing division. Yeah. God damn, dude. Do they really still have Cody Martin on the team? Is yeah. That... I mean, Cody was injured this past year too. So wasn't he, but wasn't he just on the heat? No, that's Caleb. That's his brother. Oh, Cody. Oh, never mind. <laughs> You know what? You, you know who I was not who I was not thinking of the tweens. I was thinking of Cody Zeller, which is what oh, that was. That was what I was like. Wait, didn't I just see him being like? Yeah, speaking of Charlotte Hornets success stories, Cody yeah. Zeller was he the fourth pick in the draft? Fourth pick, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. And I, I don't think anyone after him was good, so it ended up being not as bad. As... Yeah, it was the 2013 draft, right? Yeah, I, yes, well, the 2013 yes. draft. Yes, which so, had but... CJ McCollum, who I was like high on going into that draft, but also I was high on guys that sucked in that draft because that draft sucked. Yeah. Um I remember whoever got taken five, I was like pretty high on. Alex yeah. Len. Yeah. And I think then Nerlens Noel was someone I really liked six. too. He went that's, six. Yeah. That's who I, I actually yeah. wanted Ben Macklemore there. Remember like Ben I like Ben Macklemore too. Yeah. yeah. He was another one. Yeah. He was yeah. like supposed to be like in the mix for like top one, and then the Kings got him at seven. I was like, yes, like this is this yeah. is what they this is the big the break the Kings needed. Exactly. <laughs> Sadly, yeah. Little did we know that was just a dog shit draft class outside yeah. of the guys that went later, Giannis and Gobert. I still can't believe Ben Macklemore didn't make it. He's one of those guys I was like believing in like three years ago. Like, hey, Ben Macklemore. You never know. More you you and Daryl Morey. Oh, yeah. by the way, he worked out for the Heat today, Ben Macklemore. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And when he was in the third grade, he thought that he was gay. Jeez. Oh man. How did you miss the I was like, I was like, I was like downshifting, and I'm like, oh, sounds like that awful guy who sent the text to Kendrick Lamar. Oh yeah, it was that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. His name his name was Ben. Was it really? And, yeah, his name is Ben Haggerty, I think. That's so funny. His name and is literally Ben Macklemore. <laughs> Fucking God, dude. God, Macklemore. Kids. 2013. Trill and I were, a... Yeah, Trill and I were in your 20s. Like, you guys were. We say. had some of the most dog shit white rappers you have <laughs> ever seen. It was awesome. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you think about the city of Seattle, it's like <laughs> Jimi Hendrix, Kurt Cobain, yeah. and then you jump to Macklemore after that, you know? He'll wear my granddad's clothes. <laughs> 2000, I was going to say, the, the years 2011 through 2013 were great for guys named Ben Macklemore. Yeah. Um, oh, man. That really peaked, You would some would say. Yeah. yeah. Was he Embiid's teammate, or was that the year before? He was the year before Embiid. 
Yeah. Yeah. Embiid was teammates with Wiggins. Wiggins, that's right. And Kelly Oubre. Oh, that's right. I forgot about Mm -hmm. that, too. And they're going to be teammates again soon, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. Sixers need a bench wing that can score 20 points a game and have the lowest assist rate I've ever seen in my life. Do you ever, sometimes I just go on dunksandthrees.com and I'll just look at players' assist rates and I'm like, how low can we get? Do you know what Kelly Oubre's assist rate is? A guy who averaged, by the way, averaged 20 points a game this past year. Uh, one. And it's a five, 5%. That's still like staggering. Like 5%. That's almost impossible. I, it might, it might have topped 6%. He averaged 1.1 assists per game and had a usage of 26. That's awesome. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. What a king. That is incredible. I ain't passing yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Let's, go. Let's go. Absolutely incredible. Kev's in the comments. He wants to trade Damar, Pat Will, and Dalen Terry for Pascal Siakam. Honestly, Masai might do it for Pat yeah, Williams. But, he loves yeah. Pat. He loves him some. What's what's Pat Will's uh, wingspan? 7-1? He's got big Demar, hands. Damar's coming home. You can sell that to the Yeah. Fan. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Let's get it. Sure. I think any Raptors fan who is still listening, if they probably tuned out after we trashed them, yeah. but if they're still listening, they're probably on suicide watch here. Yeah, I was gonna say they they really love Pascal. Like he's like one of their guys. So that that would be like if you if I was listening to another podcast and they were like, we should trade Maxi for her, yeah, I would be yeah. like, ah, yeah. shrieking. You know, it's like uh, it's like uh somebody saying that like that let's just give a like a real harebrained dog shit example like somebody telling me that the Celtics should have traded Jalen Brown for Jabari Smith in the number four <laughs> pick in the draft As someone who's like very antagonistic to Celtics fans uh yeah but hold on how how can we sell Sam on this you get the fourth pick in the draft but then you trade back three times on draft night okay get extra seconds and future first and then you draft Brandon podcast so the Warriors can't go okay all right, no, I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> I, 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 I Bad idea. Yeah, sure. Okay. Sure. Brandon Podcast could dribble. Yeah. Jalen Brown. True. Oh. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Hey, dribble hey. and pass. What's up? What's yeah. up? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, prospects, do we want to uh, discuss our our favorite Oklahoma City Thunder here? Yeah, and, I uh, have them next on the list. We have so the Oklahoma City Thunder. Pressy just keeps doing it. He can't stop. He's he. Really, I have to thank Sam Presti for providing me with so much slop over the past few years because this man makes more trades than any GM in the history of sports, I think. Like, yeah, he makes – and even if they're just like little like, oh, we traded three seconds for a late protected first three, swap it. Like, there's always like something there. Like, he could always provide you with something. And this past weekend, he added on top – they already acquired Davis Bertans at the draft. Mm Mm-hmm. So they have Davis Bertans, and then they they obviously used uh, – they took on that contract to move up two spots to get Kaysen Wallace in the draft from the Dallas Mavericks. And then they took on Victor Oladipo for some seconds later. Okay, Victor Oladipo. And then this past weekend, we learned that they acquired Patty Mills a few, few days ago, and then they flipped Patty Mills. Our, our buddy Zian um, – or someone else, I can't remember who it was, had a theory that the only reason that... uh, Oh, it was Alex Spears was saying uh, from Down to Dunk and Saturday Slam and Jim was saying that the only reason that he thinks that uh, Presti did that trade 
was to make Raphael Stone look dumb. <laughs> the uh, the uh, the trade where they got Ty Ty Washington and Usman Garuba, and they took on a second round pick. So they sent out Patty Mills, and then they got uh, Rudy Gay, his contract, and they got Usman Garuba and Ty Ty Washington, who the Rockets had to dump to the Hawks in order to open up cap space to sign Brooke Lopez who never went to the team. So they ended up paying Dylan Brooks like $4 million more on his contract because of that uh, and giving more money to Jeff Green. So long story short here, the Thunder have a stacked fucking roster of 23 players or 21 players right now. Let's hear them. Let's hear them. All right. So I have, I have, I have it broken up into lists, a list here. Okay. I have locks to make the team. Okay. Josh Giddy, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Chet Holmgren, Jalen Wing, Jalen Williams, Big Jalen Williams, Dort, uh, J- uh, Jang, who was their first round pick last year, Isaiah Joe, Kaysen Wallace, and Vasila Micic, who they also signed from the Euro League. Mm-hmm. So those are the locks to make the team. Now, after talking with Alex a little bit, he also said he thinks that the guys that are going to make the team are probably Victor Oladipo and Davis Bertans because interesting because they make a lot of money. So right. they would be paying those guys to just, unless they come to some sort of buyout. That's what I was that, thinking. Yeah. He, he, he thinks that it's possible that they end up holding on to uh, Oladipo or it, definitely Bertans because Bertans, yeah, Bertans has, has another year. Which, yeah. Bertans yeah. has the extra year, which is only guaranteed if, he plays like 80% of his games, which he's not going to do. So they can just trade that as an expiring basically at the deadline. So they have, they have contract filler for the deadline. If they want to make a move between Oladipo and Bertans. So Bertans is pretty much a lock to make it Oladipo. He's on the bubble, I would say, but still that's, like a lot of guys that are pretty much locks to make the roster. You're you're devastating me because I let myself dream for one beautiful second about the Celtics fulfilling Parm's vision of uh, Bertans on a buyout to the Celtics to for the, the Latvian front court. Uh, oh my God, the Porzingis yeah. and Bertans. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, it's possible. If uh, Sam Presti. I, I also have to do a mea culpa because I was very rude to Sam Presti last year. I thought there was no way. he. In my defense, he, Shane Gilchrist-Alexander became an MVP candidate and like essentially forced his hand. Like He was like, fuck, I can't, I can't we, do this any longer. Like I, yes. I have to I – ca- I can't keep pretending this team is bad. So, um, you know, he, he kind of does it. But I do, uh, I do have to give up the ghost. Uh, Sam Presti, sadly uh, – has gotten away with it again. He's he's not evil, folks. He's he's on me once again. Yeah, and he is honestly continuing to kill the draft every year too. I mean, yeah. it's easy when you have multiple picks because we'll get to some of the guys that are probably going to have to cut that they've drafted recently. But they're able; yeah. they have the luxury to be able to just kind of shuffle through guys at this point. So yeah. that's thirteen guys that are uh, or twelve guys that are locks to make. I also missed Lou Dort while reading down that. No, you did. You said it. Oh, I said Lou Dort. Okay. okay. So we have that's twelve guys that are locks, and then you get to the you get to the bubble guys, which are Victor Oladipo and Aaron Wiggins. And the reason I had Aaron Wiggins on the bubble is only because he's a wing and they are largely made up of guards and bigs right now. They don't have a ton of like 
pure wings uh, on the roster, but all their guards are wing sized. So who maybe their, they just said, "Who are their bigs besides Chet?" Uh, J- other Jalen Williams, and then they have Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Is did the you other say one. him he's earlier? Also, no, he's on the bubble. Yeah, okay. So that's what I was but saying. But I guess. Earlier. They'll yeah. probably let Aaron Wiggins go, to be honest, um, now that I think about it, because they, they probably would prefer – because they have Usman Garuba as well, who they just got in this trade. So let's figure out which players they're going to end up – let's let's move Wiggins to the probably gone section, mm. along with Poku, Trey Mann, uh, Ty Ty Washington, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. They spent a first-round pick on Poku in 2020 – 2021 they spent a first round pick on Trey Mann and in 2021 they also spent a second round high second round pick on Jeremiah Robinson Earl so I would imagine that most of those guys are gone I it really comes down to do they prefer to keep Jeremiah Robinson Earl who was like a fringe rotation guy four or five for them last year or do they just say we're going to take a swing on Usman Garuba who we just got in this trade and honestly, the thing that they could use the most outside of Chet is a rim protector. And he that's like his main thing, I think, is like yeah. rim protection. So they might keep it. Usman is still really raw. He's still really young. He's still only 20. Uh, and offensively, he's every time I've watched him, he's really struggled. But also, he was in Houston. Yeah. So grain of salt, maybe if he's in more of a structure, he can work on offense. Uh, and defensively, he has a lot of upside. Like, Coming out of the draft, I know Sam Vecini said he was like the greatest pick and roll defender that he's ever scouted. Like he's like a really crazy good level of defensive guy. So I think I'm going to move Garuba up into the maybe staying section. Like I feel like that is someone that fills a need and – he is only he's only been in the league for two years, so you have him cost controlled for two more years if you decide mm-hmm. to keep him. And then everyone below that is is almost certainly gone. Like Rudy Gay is certainly gone. Ty Ty Washington is almost certainly gone. Who, by the way, he was a rookie. Like he might get he's probably going to get waived after his rookie season. Which for a first round pick, That's can you tough, ever man. remember that? It's pretty um, rare. It's like Josh Primo, and there was like other stuff going on. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think. There was did Seiko Deboyo? Did he get a third year, or did he get a second? I think he got a second year. I think RJ Hunter got a second year. Um, yeah, he was the other one I, w- I was thinking of of another. Um, yeah, Seiko Deboyo got a second year. So that's tough, man. And like, and some of those guys like uh, Robinson Earl, I kind of like to be honest like i thought he was like pretty good when i was like watching the thunder like i was like that's like a real guy i wonder like rather like this is a lot of guys to cut you can't like figure out a deal with like that's what i'm saying like you can't like figure out a deal with like a team that's just absolutely starved for like young like depth help like the clippers like you can't figure out a way to like get one more like turn all these guys into like one more first round pick and send him to the Clippers for something. I don't think you're going to get a first, but you might be able to get like a second or like, and it might even be like a Mickey second where it's like top 50 protected or whatever. But like, I I think that they're going to make a lot of trades over the next few weeks. 
mainly, I actually think it's the opposite direction where I think it's going to be less about teams that are looking for young talent and more for teams that are looking to save money and avoid the aprons because these guys are all on contracts that are cheaper than the veterans minimum now. Like Ty Ty Washington has a late first round contract. He's making like 2 million a year. Jeremiah Robinson Earl's making like 2 million a year. Like there are guys that are going to be valued by teams because, Hey, maybe they're a fringe rotation guy for us. And they, they're making a million dollars less than that veterans minimum. If we just went out and we signed Christian Wood or whoever's out there. I'm trying to think of like who could, I guess the Warriors, like, <laughs> sure. Send, yeah. You know, filling out their, uh... I think they might even have a full roster right now. The teams that I like, the Sixers have two open spots on their roster. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Celtics, do the Celtics have a full roster? No, I don't think we do. I think we have one open yeah. spot because there are a have... few teams with like one or two open spots that I'm sure with more trades will get guys getting waived and stuff. Yeah. But, like, I think it's probably going to end up being those kind of trades that you're looking at. Like, where it's like the Sixers got Jeremiah Robinson Earl for, uh, like like I said, like a se- uh, cash or like a second round pick just to be like an end of the bench big-ish, like four or five for them. Yeah. Uh, or Ty Ty, I would like, the, I personally would like the Sixers to take a flyer on Ty Ty Washington I still think he's I, he's a, he was a little older for a one and done prospect, so he's twenty one. He might end up being twenty two soon, but he is he's got really good touch. He showed some things defensively in college. I didn't really watch him that much this last year, but he's got great, great floater touch. The thing with him is like if he can't shoot threes, there's no way he can play in the NBA. But I think he's going to eventually extend out his range, and I, I, he was just like the twenty fifth pick in the draft last year, like. I knew people who had like pretty like a top 20 grade on him. Like I'd be pretty surprised if there aren't teams around the league that are willing to take a flyer on some of these young guys. Trey Mann's a guy from the 2021 draft that like he might just not be an NBA player, but I'm sure there could be a team that might be willing to take the chance on him. Like I I feel like there are a lot of guys like that on this OKC team and they're just going to have to either cut or trade some guys that might end up being good because they have so many picks. This gets back to like, they, they're like not moving fast. Like they need to do expansion, man. Like that, like these guys are like not bad. Like if Jeremiah Robinson Earl's like out of the league, like that's not the end of the world, but like, I think that guy's an NBA player. Like I've watched that guy play. You know what I'm saying? Like the league can sustain. This isn't like, the last time you did extensions like with the Bobcats there's there's also a lot of guys of like Jeremy Grant's caliber who like probably shouldn't be your franchise player but can be like a fun guy to watch on a bad team you know what I'm saying like yeah I don't know I I think they should they need to bring the Sonics back and you know make the Las Vegas uh, uh, to human traffickers or whatever they're going to call that team like so Uh, the Las Vegas billion dollar spheres yeah, the, the Las what, Vegas Eye of Sauron. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what is that thing? Is it a, a globe, a sphere? I don't, the I, fuck is that thing, I don't, dude? All I know is KOC loves it. So, oh, of course. So I know it's yeah. awesome. What do you think is just zagging on whatever KOC says? <laughs> <laughs> the $2 billion globe in the middle of fucking uh, yeah. the strip that we can put advertisements on it. It uses more energy than fucking Topeka, Kansas. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. 
But hey, it looks pretty cool. It does look cool. It looks pretty cool. cool. So yeah, we definitely need it. It's definitely a thing that we need in our society. But no, like I, I think that what's going to end up happening here is, like, I'm also getting to the point where I'm looking at like the guys who are a lock to make the team, Mm -hmm. and I'm like, soon they're going to have to like move some of these guys. Like Lou Dort is probably going to get traded at some time in the next year or two. Oh my god! I totally forgot about Kendrick Williams. <laughs> well, that's what I. So I, I, I thought you didn't know if you said Kendrick Williams or not. Like, but he's like their Haslam. Yeah, like he's like he's like Mister OKC. He wants to be, but the, apparently Mike Muscala said the same thing, and then they traded him to the Celtics. Yeah, and then we let him walk. So it wasn't even like we were like dying to get him. You know, we, yeah, we were just getting under the tags. But yeah. Uh, I'm looking at Ken Kendrick Williams is probably a lot to make the team too. So that's all right. Hold on. Let me just, I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to hypothetically say Oladipo makes the team because Alex's theory on, they want to have expiring contracts with the deadline. I'm just going to theorize that. Okay. Maybe. All right. Ready? So we have Giddy. That's one. Shea. That's two. Holmgren. That's three. Isaiah Joe. That's four. Jalen Williams. One. That's five. Jalen Williams. Two. That's six. Dort. That's seven. Jang, that's eight. Kaysen Wallace, that's nine. Mitch, uh, Michich, that's 10. Kendrick Williams, 11. Bertans, 12. Oladipo, 13. So you're talking about two roster spots for a ton of guys. Uh, do they, they don't, these guys can't be like converted to two ways either. You know, like these no. are like guys who just have these to are be- all guaranteed contracts yeah. under their books. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, I'm making that point just in case anyone's listening and is like, oh, there's, but there's 17 spots, uh, two, two way spots. Yeah. At a certain point though, maybe they just trade Kendrick Williams because it's like, we just have like, they still have more picks. Good God. Is that Nihilist Bucks music? (laughs) Oh God. How much does Kendrick Williams make? Like 8 million a year, 7 million a year or something? Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Do they have anyone who could grace it out? I'm now looking Kendrick up Kendrick Williams' contract. This is real sicko hours. <laughs> it's gonna be. It's gonna, he's gonna be going to the Milwaukee Bucks for Grayson Allen. Six point six million with a team option in two years. Grayson Allen makes eight point nine. Just saying. Let's go. That's why. That's why. Well, Nihilus Bucks' new thing is he's convinced they're getting Colin Sexton, uh, which is why they signed. Uh, so. Do you remember on draft night when Shams kept tweeting like Chris Livingston is is not going to get drafted because he has a promise in the second round and everyone's like why do you keep tweeting about this and then Chris Livingston went with the last pick in the draft to the Bucks and yeah. then they gave him a four year contract with the first two years guaranteed which is the biggest contract ever for a second rounder and he was the last pick in the draft and like yeah I don't think Chris Chris Livingston's an NBA player maybe I'm wrong. But like, the, NB's theory on is that they're giving him this favor. They're giving Clutch this favor, and then at at a certain point, they're going to acquire Colin Sexton, who's a Clutch guy. But why do you have to do Clutch a favor? To that's get what Colin I. Sexton? That's what I was thinking too. I was like, you yeah. still have to trade for him. Yeah, it's just like Clutch doesn't have anything to do with the uh, like. I, I the agents. I I, I just think. Maybe I'm just too stupid and I'm like outside this and I just You're don't built. understand things how, how how things are. I just I don't understand why agents come up so often. If I were an NBA player and I I was like hearing people talk about, well, yeah, like 
his agent, his agent though, they might do this favor. I'd be like, wait, what the fuck? I'm getting less money because <laughs> you, you got owed a. You work for me. Why are you like deciding when I'm taking a discount? Fuck you. Like, sure. Why is why do agents have anything to do with that? Like that's so crazy to me. I don't know. Maybe I'm just I just don't understand how things work and how. But if I, I would be pissed if I were like a player. And I was like, well, you know, they took care of Colin Sexton, so now Sam Sheehan is going to take a discount. I'd be like, no, bullshit, I'm taking a discount. I'm well, I feel like that. usually it's like, yeah. hey, let's hide, let's give this yeah. guy a two-year guaranteed contract, yeah. and then I'll muscle the Utah Jazz into sending Colin Sexton to you for much try and try to make it so that he's get you're getting back much less. Uh, you're giving up much less in that deal. But the more I thought about that, the more I'm like, Danny Ainge runs the Utah Jazz. He doesn't give a fuck about that. Yeah, I know. He's, he might he's just like, want to get off the Sexton contract, to be honest. Like, yeah, I, guess th- I mean, think about their draft. They drafted Keontae George and they drafted Bryce Sensiball. Like, they drafted two bucket-getting guards. Like, Colin yeah. Sexton probably doesn't have, at least in a year from now, probably doesn't have a huge role on the Jazz. They also doesn't Jordan Clarkson still play for them too? Like, yeah, they gave Jordan Clarkson a raise this year, and then they extended him off of that. That's very funny. Uh, but I, I just don't think they're gonna. I think that because wasn't Colin Sexton wasn't he a sign in trade to make the Mitchell yes. trade work? So yes. yeah. He was like literally just getting paid off of that. He was a throw-in. At the time, we were yeah. like, oh, maybe he's the upside play. But the real upside play was Laurie Market. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. he was two – I think he was a year year or two older than Sexton, so we didn't even think of that. I, I don't think like Karis LeVert is like that much better than like Colin Sexton. This is a hot take. But I, sure. I, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of Colin Sexton-pilled like a little bit. But like – LeVert's actually – I think LeVert's defense is – quite a bit better just because of his size and his general but sexton is a fine like if sexton went to the bucks he would be a, a, a cool yeah. six man for them yeah sure. he'd be fine yeah, yeah. Exactly. and i do so. wonder if them getting malik beasley for the veterans minimum makes them think that they could just trade grace and allen for whatever because beasley's probably going to play a similar role to grace and allen yeah and no, then if you get sexton then you Better defender than Beasley? Probably not. Like, they're pretty similar. Yeah, I, I, He's a maybe, little bit better. He's, like, a little bit better. He's, like, a little bigger, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know if – I was going to say, I don't know if Malik Beasley can play in the playoffs, but I don't know if Grayson Allen can either. So, yeah. like, like yeah. it, I don't really know what the difference is uh, when you're when you're kind of stacking them against each other. But, but yeah, I think that if, if I'm a team, I'm interested – I, I mean, Kendrick Williams would be interesting for a team that needs wing depth. Um, yeah. you know, he's got like a, There's a ton of teams like that. Yeah, I mean, your your Sixers would love to have Kendrick Williams. I feel did like. he play the three at all this year, though? I mean, maybe it's just because they're a smaller team. He had to play the four. I know he used to play the three. I I think that I think they had because they had like no bigs. Man, Chet yeah. was out. Like I think Robinson Earl started at center for them a lot, if I'm remembering correctly. I don't he's know like that's... six foot eight, isn't yeah. he? Like, yeah, yeah he's, he's not big, big at all. Yeah, he's not big at all. They I... they had like no fucking centers this year. He did but... play, and he still played small forward for them. He played thirty nine percent of his minutes at small forward before this year. He was mostly a small forward, actually. And we talk about the and, and he is listed as a small forward and a power forward. So yeah. we we talk about the the rarity of having any playable small forwards nowadays. Mm-hmm. The one thing with Kendrick is that he's just not like a 
He can shoot threes. He's like a league average three-point shooter, but he's not a super willing one. Um, but, you know, you can live with it. Like, you know, he shoots, what, four and a half threes per 36. He's a good yeah. defender. He's a smart player. Um, yeah, four, four per 36 for his career on 35% shooting. So Wow. So Furkan Korkmaz for Kendrick Williams is in the works right now. Yeah, it's happening. Amazing. Right Wow, we figured it out. And then yeah. they'll just wave Furcon. They'll s- <laughs> he makes it would it would save the money. He makes five million. Uh, but if Kendrick really is their like Udonis Haslam, and they'll just like carve out a spot for him, then uh, it means that one of these young guys is just going to get cut. I I'm bet I'm banking on Garuba being the 14th guy that makes the roster. I think that was the one guy in the trade that they picked up that they like. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to say that one of the other guys that they drafted, whether it's Poku or Trey Mann or Jeremiah Robinson Earl, is the the last roster spot. Aaron Where, Wiggins is another guy that, like, I wouldn't mind taking a flyer on. But, like, I mean, I just – Sixers need wings. So I would I would keep um, Robinson Earl the, the most of those guys. I understand Garuba, like, you want the upside swing. But, like, don't they – doesn't that still only, like – if they keep both of those guys, Robinson, Earl, and Garuba, isn't that still just like three or four bigs and power forwards? And they don't have their bigs. They don't have bigs. So I, I think Robinson, Earl, and Garuba are the guys they're going to keep. And that's and another reason Garuba's they're going to six foot eight. Like I know he has a big wingspan, but like he's not. He's not a it's just chat. It's yeah, it's, like a, yeah. I kept. That's why I kept trying to get like Wemby to the fucking <laughs> to the 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 Thunder, like in our like draft thing, like Chet and however many picks it takes. But um, I don't know. I I I I think that they're yeah. I mean, all of those guys, I would like take a shot on, even like Poku. <laughs> I mean, fuck it. Who's yeah, gonna take? Not? Who's gonna take Poku? Who's claiming Poku off waivers? The Spurs. What's his wingspan? I was gonna say the Spurs. He fits the Spurs, sure. Yeah, I was gonna say the Raptors because of the wingspan, but oh yeah, he's he's huge. I'm I'm very interested to see, but yeah, I think uh, that I'm gonna say uh, Garuba and uh, Robinson Earl are the guys who make it. So final answer. I don't think I don't think Depot. I don't know. I I I think they're gonna stretch Oladipo. I don't think that they they don't really stretch. They just wave guys. Like they, okay. they either buy them out or buy them out. Yeah, because they, they just eat the cap hit that year instead of, uh, instead of um, stretching it across multiple years. If, if you're someone who believes in helping agents out, like that is a helping out an agent move to yeah. buy a guy out and you know get him his money, but then also get him the fuck out of Oklahoma City. Like he's already played there before too. He remember he had that true. one year he played there. Yeah. I always remember that because he had that really bad injury closing out in the corner. Do you remember that when he like hit his head? Yeah. Um, and I just remember he was in a. a... That's so funny. Remember the what Paul a, George trade was what a Sabonis bad and... trade for the Magic, dude. God damn, dude. The Magic, the... a okay. It was a Baca, yeah. One right? of my favorite things to track back is so, so. This is how the trade went for the Magic. The Magic traded Serge Ibaka for. They tra- I'm sorry, the Magic traded for Serge Ibaka. They sent Demonis Sabonis and Victor Oladipo well, to the, the Thunder. The pick that became Sabonis, I think. Sure. Right. They dra- yeah, they they flipped, they drafted for OKC and then they yeah. drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they true. traded him on draft night. So Sabonis and Oladipo to the Thunder 
for Serge Ibaka. Okay, ready? They <laughs> trade Serge Ibaka for Terrence Ross. <laughs> who, who cares, Terrence Ross? All right, so they trade Serge Ibaka for Terrence Ross. Was Serge on the championship team, by the way, or was that the year after? Serge was on the Raptors championship team, yes. Okay, yep. So I know this because he hit, yeah. he hit like five threes in game seven when no one could score on the Raptors. It drove me fucking insane. Uh-huh. Um, and so the, the Thunder then took those two guys and they packaged Oladipo and Sabonis after one year, traded them to the, to the Pacers for Paul George. Did they have Paul what George are- for a few years? One of the, the like most world beatering that was like one of the worst trades of all time that ended up being about equal value. Yeah, crazy. Like yeah. Oladipo like, made two All Star teams. Uh, Sabonis made two All Star teams. Then they flipped him for Halliburton. All NBA too. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Really good. Yeah. And then they then they traded. Uh, then they got Paul George on the mm-hmm. Thunder. They, they, he plays there for two years. They get the extension out of him. Presti works his magic and gets SGA and seven first round picks. So he turns Serge Ibaka, who was like 28 at the time. It does SGA and four picks and three swaps. Is that what it is? Like, yeah. Oh, God, dude. Yeah. He can't. That, that I think is... it was even more because they, they, they got a heat pick. That was Trey Mann that didn't work out, but they also got the pick that became Jalen Williams, which absolutely worked out from the Clippers. That was the Clippers pick that they took there. Oh, man. And then moving forward, they and, – and by the way, I think one of those picks, if I remember correctly, one of those picks, they spun – Shangoon was one of those picks, and they spun it for two firsts from the Rockets, but then they ended up trading those two firsts to uh, – for the Ushman Jang last year in the draft to the Knicks. So, uh, but now they own all of the Rockets picks, all of the Clippers picks. One of these teams is bound to be shitty for the next few years. And we're going to be having this conversation again next year where they traded one of these like decent rotation players for not, for not, not much. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. He did it. He's he's really done it. Uh, they're going to be so good, dude. Yeah, they're they're, they're going to be. I mean, I, well, I, I'll say that I think they're making like the real playoffs. I, I, yeah, I they they're, they're going to. I, I don't think they're making. I don't think they're going to be a play. They might be like a seven seed playing team. Yeah, but I, I think they're going to be more in that seven six, maybe even five range than some of these other. Like, like I don't think they're going to be like a play in a bottom feeding. I think they're play-in. making the leap next year, and the West is still really deep. But their roster is going to end up being deep enough that like they can survive the. Yeah, they're going to be better than like I'm going to like them like better than like the Lakers, like who made For, the over the regular finals. season. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. I'm gonna like them. I'll probably like them better than the Kings, even though I'm a I'm a Kings guy. Like the Kings are due for some major fucking regression. Um, yeah, their health and and shooting differences. Like the uh, God knows what's going on with the Warriors. Like what the Warriors are gonna look like. With sure. All like and how you know he could be injured and they could be worse. Like I, you know, I think having depth is gonna be really important, just in general for the regular season moving forward. Yeah. It kind of always is. It always is, but like having like they're gonna have like eleven guys that you're like, oh, those are rotation players, and then they also have the stars on top of it with like yeah, Jalen Williams, SGA, potentially Gideon Chet, depending on where they go. Like yeah, 
They, it, it might get to the point where we're like, they're they're starting five guys that like, if they were on other teams, could be in the All Star conversation kind of thing. Like if they were able yeah. to juice their stats on other teams. Yeah, it's gonna be. I I think they're gonna make. I'm I'm gonna be pretty pretty big on them. I do not think they're gonna be like. I I think they're still gonna get smushed by some of the top top teams like the nuggets and i think even the suns are probably still clear at this point even though it scared the shit out of me what they well do. i've been thinking like with these expiring contracts like if they keep oladipo and they keep if they keep oladipo and they keep bertans that's like almost 30 million dollars of expiring contracts at the deadline yeah what i'm just trying to figure out what they're going to put in the Giannis trade in two years like, do you, so is, is Giddy and Chet in there? Like, you got to showcase those guys before Giannis asks, asks out. So True. Presti, yeah. after all these years, into, we yeah. talked about it in the 2013 Resoppables, and we were like, yeah. how did Presti not draft Giannis? Still one of the weirder, like, if you look at the obsession for him for that time period, it was all, like, athletic guys, high upside guys, Long wingspan guys. I've got an idea on this. I bet there was a guy hired under Presti like the next year, who's like his 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 length pervert, his size well, queen, so to speak. Well, um, we talked about this because when I had Alex on and we talked about uh, OKC's drafting strategy. Yeah, he thinks that that guy that was like the crazy length, like athleticism dude, was Troy Weaver. Because if you look oh, no. at the if you oh, no. look at the Thunder's draft record between when when Weaver was like hired and when he left for OKC, all of those picks were like raw toolsy guys, including Hamadou Diallo, who he then picked up in Detroit. Oh, no. And then all of these second draft guys, like all these guys that he uh, the OKC at one point was doing second draft guys, like they were just picking up guys that were like you know, probably not anything, but they were just signing them because they didn't work out on their first team. And ever since he got to Detroit, that's all Troy Weaver's been interested in. And he loves a toolsy James Wiseman. I, I, that's like my, my deepest NBA wish for a team like not involving the Celtics is for the Detroit Pistons to have like a, a real fucking team. Like those poor fucking fans, man. Like they, they deserve, they don't deserve this. Like this is so like cruel and fucked up before like, we get out of here can we just talk about who's gonna because like i don't i think the rockets thing's gonna be kind of shitty but like they're probably still gonna win 30 games at least and like somebody's losing games that's what i'm saying someone's yeah. losing games can we talk about the team like let's just pick five teams we think are going to be the the, sw- the seller dwellers next yeah. year i you know i don't so like I don't want to be like held to this until I can see the full team. Sure. Just right now, based Washington's on the, the obvious. Well, Washington is the obvious one. One. Um, they are the they're the number one. Um, I think the Jazz are probably still going to be pretty stinky. Even try as Will Hardy try as Will Hardy might. Um, I don't think they're going to be very good. I, I think they're. I think that this might be the year they they punt on. They get a crazy offer for Laurie Markkinen and then just go in the... In the They're the, going to be the, playing a lot more young guys, too. Like, Hendricks is going to play real minutes next year. Uh, Keontae George is going to play real minutes. If Bryce Hudson-Ball could never get healthy, he'll play real minutes. Like, yeah. they're probably going to trade some... I, 
I think that the Paul Reed thing indicates more so that they're going to trade Kelly Olenek. Yeah. We talked about that. I talked about this on the stream. I was like, Kelly Olenek, like, you can't just have Taylor Hendricks, Walker Kessler, Paul Reed, Laurie Markinen, Kelly Olenek. Like, you you can't just have John. They just picked up John Collins. That's six bigs. Like, yeah. at a certain point, they're going to have to trade Kelly Olenek. And I think it's probably sometime this year. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, right now, if you gun to my head, I would probably pick um, Hornets, Pistons, Wizards, Jazz. Yeah, um, and then there's usually one team that falls and has like a shit. Year. I, I'm, I'm Bulls are kind of. I'm going Raptors. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. Re- I'm not ready to go there yet. Well, you know, Hold Nurse. On. They did lose Nurse, N- new coach. Yeah, who wants to install developmental shit? And more importantly, they said that they're going to try to run their offense through Scotty Barnes and OG and Anobi, And there aren't two worse guys to run your offense through in the modern NBA. Yeah. OG and Anobi cannot dribble dude. Like like, you can't run an offense through OG and Anobi. Scotty Barnes is like not going to generate high quality enough shots. Like it's just, and if they lose Siakam, their defense is going to be worse. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean like if, if they trade Siakam for sure, um, they're definitely the pick. I, I'm just going off of right now. Um, sure. I think I think Siakam drags them to like competence if he stays there. Um, See, I think the I trust the Bulls' baseline competence with what they did this offseason more than I trust the Raptors next year. <sighs> yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, they the Bulls did have. I, I, depends Tori on what Craig, you think. Good vet minimum signing. Javon yeah. Carter was a solid pickup. That's like that's true. I, I, but yeah, I, I don't I, think I, their problem was really depth, yeah. though. I, like that is the one. I thing. think those. I think there's only four teams that are like super obvious, and it's going to depend on who pulls the plug to like sell it, it, uh, of this like Bulls Pistons. You know, um, you know, another sneaky one that might be kind of stinky until they figure out what they're doing is the Nets. The Nets might not actually be, yeah, super good. You know, they might, especially they if might. they trade for Tyler. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'll that'll hurt. The Nets, I mean, and that's fine, by the way. Like, they're going to trade their yeah. – they've got a billion guys to trade. Like, they're 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 retooling yeah. around yeah. bridges. It's not – that's not the end of the world. I'm not, like, yeah. slandering the Nets. I, I just no, they're going to be yeah. bottom ten. But, yeah. yeah. We are just afraid of Will. But Will would agree with us, so. Yeah, I was going to say, you know. Um, Blazers, once they trade Dame, are also going to be very stinky. Oh, the Blazers. I forgot about the Blazers. Yeah. yeah. So – but I also really like Scoot. So I do like Scoot. Yeah, just, I, I think that you know. What was the last rookie, rookie guard? Running, yeah, rookie yeah, that rookie runs guard. an offense at 19 yeah. years old and makes the playoffs. Like it just yeah. doesn't happen. But that said, I I do really I do really like Scoot. So, uh, Jr. Smith, um, young young Jr. Smith, uh, uh, sharp. Yeah, yeah. So, let's no go. slander. No slander. Hey, Jarrett Smith's a great player. Had a yeah. really long career yeah. on a championship team. Yeah. On some really good teams. He's yep. been on more good teams than uh I was gonna say than Kobe Bryant was, but it's <laughs> a little bit of a lie. It's a little bit of a lie. I can't quite go there. You can't slant you can't uh, that's that's too much. I was gonna say, no, isn't your isn't your argument that he was a good team's merchant? Kobe Bryant? Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He he always played with guys better than him, and then like, is it the the Tyler Hero? You're you're Shaq, okay. Tyler Hero. Yeah, it'd be like if you said Tyler Hero was the reason the Miami Heat team, this like Miami <laughs> Heat run was like good. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess he did take a lot of the shots. Like, sure. We're two hours in, so I can allow to keep this in. Yeah, the, the big, big shot. Uh, we got, big shot Bob was doing all the Jimmy Butler heavy lifting. And uh, <laughs> Kobe Bryant's out here. Uh, Robert Ory. Robert Ory. Role player, I think not. Derek Fisher. Derek Fisher was, uh, yeah. was the guy. R- respect Rick Fox. Uh, meta let's get meta world pizza there he was he was hoping that uh 2010 god he hit so many threes against the cell i just remembered that and got like white hot rage like washing over me meta world piece at like four threes in that fucking game seven god damn it that's why he's the goat yeah all right yes let's uh let's wrap it up here um, okay it's been over two hours and we're talking about Kobe. So Yeah, we talked about Kobe, we talked about 9-11. Uh we hit all the spots. Yeah, we, 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 we hit them all. Checklist. We had one other bad one that I can't remember right now, but I'm sure I'll hear about tomorrow. So <laughs> <laughs> <Peace>. <laughs> can tell it's the office.